that's a wrap, guys. That's a wrap, guys. All right, all right. Happy Monday, everybody. That's my Matthew McConaughey impression, by the way. Oh, is that? Let me hear it again. All right, all right, all right. Happy Monday, everybody. Not bad. It's kind of an Armenian version. That's (laughs) (laughs) all right, all right, bro. All right, bro. (laughs) Take it easy. Happy Uh, Monday, everybody. TGIM. It's five o'clock somewhere. I want to thank Maz Jabroni for taking time out of his Monday to be with us. You know, we went back and forth. We made it happen. I had no idea it was in a dental office or I would have scheduled some dental work. It only took well, about two and a half years. They close at midnight, so you can still go in for a quick... Bro, that's a great idea. Like late night dental work. Yeah. Because you, you, they're going to give you drugs anyway, right? Mm-hmm. They get you all... And then, then you, you have your mouth is all numb and then you go have a beer afterwards or tequila. <laughs> yeah. It just comes down and you're like, yeah. You drool all over yourself, then go home. Think about it, man. Good night rest. Think about Maybe it. Maybe even a happy ending. You never happy know. Happy ending, yeah. buddy. This is the best body, dental body. <laughs> there you go. It, was, uh, it, it took as long to get Maz on the show as it was to flatten the curve. But, you know, just that. Two that, weeks. Two weeks to flatten the curve. Two but. weeks to three years. <laughs> <laughs> Quick announcement. Uh, Narek Avakian, who is a MMA fighter, will be fighting July 1st. Uh, the tickets are almost sold out, but Narek is actually looking for support. He's looking for sponsors for the upcoming event. Uh, if you guys want, hit us up if you're interested in becoming a sponsor for Mr. Avakian. Uh, banners, uh, your logo, business banner, uh, your logo on the business banner itself starts at $500 and they have other packages all the way up to $2,000, which will help Mr. Avakian, Narek Avakian, the MMA fighter, uh, in his journey. Where's uh, the fight? Is it in LA? Commerce. Or? The, at the yeah, Commerce Casino, okay, July 1st. Yeah. That's so. cool. You know what would be really cool? This is, uh, again, guys, I'm here for brainstorming, okay? Yeah. yeah. So it's we're a talking meeting. about, it's like we're a talking about sponsors, yeah. right? So I think what they do is you give Narek, you know how they have they have those little gloves, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So let's say whatever. Let's say your your brand is, uh, I don't know, your brand is uh, 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 Under Armour, right? Yeah, yeah. You give them the knuckle thing. This one says Under. This one says Armour. And, and you actually are able to put like ink on it. So he goes every round, he goes like that. So every time he punches the guy... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Free so when he knocks the guy out under armor, the guy goes down, they get a clean shot right in his chest under armor. Where is he going to put the ink pad that he dips his? Well, that's the, you know, that's the side round. Don't they have rounds? Ah, they have rounds, ah, buddy. There you I'm go. thinking. <laughs> so if you, if you guys. thinking outside the box. It is. So if you guys are thinking about possibly advertising, what we're going to do is we're going to have more information on the body of this podcast, which again, it will be on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, the whole nine yards. Um, Al Jazeera. There you go, <laughs> Ali, uh, Alibaba. Uh, the whole nine yards. So you'll be able to contact them and then sponsor Narek Avakian in his upcoming fight July 1st at the Commerce Casino. So Let's Narek, do it, Narek. Let's do it, Narek. We're rooting for you, buddy. Definitely, definitely. So, Narek, knock him out. Knock him out, Narek. Nakanatic. You do, do you speak any Armenian or no? No, it's just Persian. Just well, give me some Armenian. Give me Farsi. some Persian Farsi or Farsi. 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 Teach me some. How, if, how would I say uh, uh, win Narek? Hachti. Narek Hachti or Hachti Narek? Hachti Narek. There you go. Hachti Narek. Yes. I'm with it. I'm with it. He's got the yeah, Hachti. Of course. We're all from that same area, man. That he has the, the Jamshid accent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? Uh, Going, go, going a little bit back in time. Obviously, we want to kind of hear your story of, you know, where Maz is from and, you know, the migration, obviously, to the United States. If you are from... I'm Mexican, but go on. Yeah, there you go. He's, <laughs> he's a brown guy, so he's Mexican. Uh, but, you know, the whole story behind that. But the first time, you know, I saw you, 
was, you know, online. And right away, it's kind of, you relate to it because, you know, our parents are from Iran. Yeah. So when you hear, you know, Farsi, it's, it's like one of those languages where it's kind of, uh, you know, very familiarized and you're just like, you know, I could relate to this guy. And hence the reason why when we reached out to you, it was kind of like, hey, uh, Maz, we really would love to have you on the show because we could relate to a lot of things, even though we're Armenian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you, did you refer to him as Maz John? I think yeah, I missed John. it, John. I, that's no, why. No, I wrote. That I wrote. Actually, I think the first time when I wrote to him, I wrote, I didn't write it J A N. Uh, I wrote J O O N. Yeah, I do June. I say Mas June. Yeah, Mas June. Mas June. Yeah. Listen, the fact is, like I used to when I first started doing stand up, I would always say my Iranian parents this, my Iranian parents that. But then the more I did stand up, I realized we all have a lot in common. So whether you're Iranian or you're Lebanese or you're Jordanian or you're Armenian or you're Russian, a lot of us that have immigrant parents, our immigrant parents are very similar. So I think what you're saying is interesting because I've had a lot of people come to my shows from all kinds of backgrounds. Like I was doing a show in Copenhagen in Denmark and there was um, Ethiopians in the audience. Ethiopians? Yeah, like all over. I'm telling you, you, because they relate to what I'm talking about, or at least they get it. You know, like our cultures are all about family oriented, right? Eating, food, right? Uh, um, uh, the Dancing, the, music. Dancing, yeah. music. Your mother is like this. Your dad is like that. You know, it's like, it's, so when you do the stuff, it's very much, uh, I think they relate. And then also we all live in LA. So we all know, like anytime I'm at one of the clubs and Laugh Factory or something. You go, and the Armenians, they go, yeah, oh, Glendale, they laugh. And the Iranians, yeah, Westwood, they laugh. You know, so we all know all of that yeah. stuff too, you know? In, so in the Iranian culture, like you got, you're married. Does mom come first or the wife? See, that's a good question. Usually, used to be back in the day, and for a lot of Iranian men, probably mom would come first. Yeah. Um, I think for us, I've done a pretty good job of n- not allowing that to become an issue. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I think my wife respects the fact that I got to, mm-hmm. you know, love and care for my wife, my mom and my mom, vice versa. Probably earlier on, there might have been some, again, it goes old school mentality, right? I think early on, the moms are like, you better take care. You better put that girl in her place kind of a thing. Yeah. But I think, um, I think that they've, that they understand, like, because also you, then you get put in a, yeah, you're like, oh God, like, why, why are you guys arguing? See, I think it's a cold, <laughs> I think it's a cultural thing. As far as the Iranians, the Armenians, the Middle East, yeah. okay, but it's changed when we we moved here. I'll, I'll I'll promise you this, man. If I was married to my wife in Armenia, it would be the whole stigma as far as mom is first, and mom yeah, would always you right. know, you know mama's boy. But well, to, you, but, but keep in mind, you also in in those countries, at least in Armenia, even till today, majority of the guys who get married live. With the parents correct the, the, see, exactly. the yeah. and, and i'm yeah. sure it's the same in iran yeah yeah it's, it's the still, same thing but yeah. see here we see we've been here for 35 years yeah now. so you know migrating here my parents adapting to the culture here and is it migrate or immigrate what, which one migrate immigrate is it migrate well, we were like immigrant birds and then we, and i thought migration <laughs> flew, was for birds yeah 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 that's a good point i like that i came on the mayflower is it immigrate or migrate well you know but you know part of what you're saying too is definitely the old country new country but there's also modernity i was just listening to something about how in japan they're having uh less and less babies 
Like there is actually becoming a problem yeah, for them. Yeah. Um, and I think as the world becomes more modernized, the, the world becomes more um, uh, um, online and more uh, tech savvy and people are trapped. Like they used to be back in the day. If you really want, if you want to travel, you have to get on a horse and, you know, it takes you two weeks to get to the next village. Yeah. Then you come back. And of course, you're going to live with your mom until you find a wife and then they're all going to live together. Now you're just like, oh, go movers.com and they take you there. You get on an airplane. So what I'm saying is I think as the world becomes more modernized, even in Iran, I hear people as much as family still close. There's a lot of more individuality happening, which I don't know. It's got some good and some bad. You know, it's, yeah. it's great. Our cultures are great that there's loving, there's closeness, there's all that. But it's also sad because there's loneliness, there's you know, a lot more, uh, a lot less community. You know what I'm saying? As far as here or? Just in general, I'm saying in the world, I think that's happening. I mean, there's, like I said, there's there's a good thing about being together because when you're together, like, you know, you have someone, you have, like, for example, even when it used to be when uh, someone would have a baby, there was a community mm -hmm. that would be there to help the you know the the new parents yeah the mom in get particular the right yeah, definitely. now you gotta like hire a nanny or a nurse or sometimes the mom comes lives with the family for a minute you know what i'm trying to say is that it's got good and bad but i think it's worldwide that it's becoming that the the idea of less intertwinedness with the family i think is worldwide <laughs> yeah it's kind of like uh i mean we were we're fortunate enough to actually have both uh moms you know help out with the kids because yeah. I mean, if they weren't around or if they were in a foreign country, dude, we'd have to hire a babysitter yeah. or, uh, you know, one of us would have to stay home. Like just today alone, I, my parents are out of town. So my mom's out of the picture as far as watching the kids. Yeah. And then my mother-in-law had plans. So, you know, it's a Monday. I'm busy at the office. I got stuff to do, but I'm, and my daughter's out of school. So what am I doing now? I'm staying home. I'm with the kids until we figure out, you know, what's going on or, you know, when my mother-in-law is going to come by to watch the kids. And again, hats off to the in-laws and the parents for stepping up and actually helping us. And to, to the moms that are stay at home moms and the stay at home dads, hats off to you guys as well. I don't like, I honestly, it's, honest, it, it's, it's exhausting. Yeah. How old are your kids? My daughter is six. Oh, my daughter is five and my son is one and a half. Oh yeah. That's a lot of work, man. Yeah. Cause but like, what's interesting is it goes fast. My kids are now, my son will be 15 this year and my daughter's 12 it really goes fast. And so I tell, whenever I run into people, I go, I know it's exhausting, but be in the moment, be with them. All these videos I see now, I'm like, oh my, I just pulled up this video yesterday, two days ago, my daughter was taking piano lessons. She doesn't take piano anymore, which I'm really bummed out about. But she was playing the piano and she had, she was like, I don't know, she was like six or seven. She had like a flute and she was playing, like she had the flute balance on the piano. She's playing it as she's playing it. I thought it was, I was like, oh God, I, man, it's like such a cute, sweet age and then they get older and then you realize your kids aren't your own you realize they're human beings like they're yeah. totally different people that's what scares me the most sometimes i posted a video what was it i think over the weekend two days ago saturday or friday because when i'll be when they're playing i'll stare at i have a five and a three-year-old two oh, boys beautiful. and sometimes i'll just stare at them play and i'm like man a couple of years from now they're probably not going to play the same way no they're going to be playing sports and then maybe dad's not even going to be cool enough to hang out with them or things are going to change. And, and I posted that video. It was like a 30 second video where, uh, the, uh, dad is sitting down. He has an infant 
he's feeding the infant, but he's on the phone. Oh, feeding yeah, the infant. Yeah. And then the next clip is he's on the phone. Uh, the kid is now on the phone and the dad is sitting there waiting yeah. to have a moment with him. Yeah. And then the next clip is already the dad is a grandfather who's shaking. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you one uh, thing. You know, I'll, it, I'll tell you, if you can, if you can drive them to their activities, it's a great way to connect. I just recently, my son, like I said, 15 now. So he's, a, it's his own world, right? So he was, um, he had a tennis tournament and it was like an hour and a half drive. Mm -hmm. And my wife organizes all this stuff. So she said, tennis tournament, you got to get there by this time, this time, this time. We get in the car, we drive. On our drive, we have a great conversation. We listen a little bit to some like cool Wise news. Wise nuts, maybe. Wise We listen to wise nuts the whole time. Um, <laughs> but like, oh, we I were. Hope not, I hope not, bro. <laughs> no, we were, some, we were listening to some really interesting stories of this guy who had been like, when he was younger, he got caught up in like uh, a robbery and then he went to jail and now he's out and like he's changed his life around. It was a really cool story on the news. And um, we're having conversations. It was great. And then we get there. And the guy goes, oh, no, today's not uh, the boys' tournament. Today's the girls'. Tomorrow's the boys'. And so it was an hour and a half drive. Oh, and I didn't get upset. Oh. I said, I said, you know, buddy? I go, that was a chance for us to catch up. Yeah. Let's get back in the car and go back. So we went back, listened to some other comedy or something, like Sirius XM. Next day, going to the tournament now, look at the weather. It says it's going to start raining by the time we get there. So I called the guy. I go, are you going to cancel the thing? He goes, no, right now we're on. We drove all the way there. As soon as we get there, it starts raining. I go, shit. And we had to we had to drive back again. And I told him, I, and I remained calm. I go, you know what, buddy? Oh, I was about to ask him a liquor. <laughs> no, I said, I said, you know what, buddy? This was us spending like, you know, three hours this weekend just to get, I mean, I, you know, I mean, thank God, like I'm a, I'm a very low stress guy anyway. And thank God it wasn't like I, you know, I was giving yeah, up didn't something. didn't work to do, yeah. Yeah, didn't, yeah. So, <laughs> but what I'm trying to get at is those drives are some of the best times with yeah, your kids. Yeah. You get to talk to them. You get to hear their thoughts like my son if he's in the mood he'll he'll start asking questions like you know whatever uh how do you think you know uh, you know how many grains of sand do you think there are in the world like those types of questions yeah, that, yeah. you have to be neil degrasse tyson you know yeah. and my daughter loves to listen to music <laughs> and so i think it's a great one the, one thing i would say drive them as much as you can see uh, i have obviously my my son isn't speaking yet but with my daughter she's like a uh She's like a radio that's just like a broken radio, bro. like broken record. She just keeps going and going. But there's moments I have with her. Like when I take her to school, every single time I drop her off and pick her up, I'll purposely park far away and we'll hold hands and we'll walk and we'll talk to each other. Great. Mind you, what kind of conversation are you going to have with a five-year-old? It's yeah. not going to be the most intellectual. Ask her about your taxes. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like investment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know, you have these like little moments and conversations and you know, throughout this entire school year that she went through, I saw her grow as an individual. Yeah, man. She became more independent. Uh, there was conversations where we would have where she would throw words at me. We're like, fuck, did you, how'd you come up with that word? Where did you hear that? And it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I cherish every single moment with her. Good for you. Because, you know, it's it's moments where you're never going to get them back, bro. You're never going to get them and, back. And, and also the things you don't realize might be special to them. We went to, um, so my son played soccer. He still does, but not as much. But um, we went to uh, Barcelona one summer and I saw a, a poster. And he wasn't like a fan of any specific team. But there was a poster that there was going to be an old-timers game at Camp Now, which is the field for Barcelona, mm -hmm. which, by the way, is kind of a dump. Mm -hmm. It's kind of old. 
But still, I was like, oh, this would be cool. Let's go see. And and my my wife was like, why don't you guys go? So I yeah. went with him. And at the time, what was that? That was 2017. So that makes him nine years old. He was nine years old. Went to the game. It was it was Barcelona against something like Man U or something. But it was their old players. Like yeah. Ronaldinho was there. But then was I didn't it, know the was others. It, was it Barcelona versus Real Madrid? No, it wasn't Real. It was, and it wasn't like an official game. It was an old time. Yeah, yeah, friendly, friendly. Yeah. friendly. Because I know they do those historic yeah. games where yeah. the old players come. They in. did that yeah. Rose Bowl. One it was Manu. It was Manu. Was it? Okay. And and I just and then after the game, he just like turned around, hugged me, and was like all teary and emotional. And I was like, whoa! I didn't realize it was this important. But he was like, I'm so happy we did this. And I was like, wow! Like I want to do stuff like that. You know, like my daughter's asking me to take her and her friends to Disneyland. The truth is. I don't like Disneyland at all, but I'm like, let's go, let's go. You're a Disneyland fan. I don't. The this lines, guy's there once a month. The lines, the <laughs> four the, times a year. The food, the I, I don't like it. What? I don't like it. I don't like the Disneyland. Why? Unless it's, if you sponsor me and give me money, then I love the Disneyland. <laughs> it's safe space for the kids. There's, the whole point <laughs> is. Like I went a long time ago. I mean, now you can get the uh, the fast pass or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah the genie pass. Yeah, but went, everybody gets that now. Well, that's what I heard. My, <laughs> bro, my son said he went and he got everyone's got the fast pass. So I was I was there. Uh, I think it was the years when you the fast pass wasn't an option, and it was just like I felt like, dude, we came here, we spent like I don't know, seven eight hours, got on four rides. You know, you gotta go on a weekday, bro. Bro, I don't know, man. You got you have to go on a weekday. See, we go to Disneyland three to four times a year. Wow. Because my daughter, my daughter loves it. The whole princess thing. And I'm excited, you know, for my son when he gets older, because obviously the Avengers are part of Disney now and Star Wars is part of Disney. And, you know, there's things enough, you know, for the girls and for the boys. So I'm excited yeah. to experience that with both of them. But yeah. it's Disney is a kind of a, it has to be like a planned experience for the family. I know. I know. No, I've I, never I, been to Disneyland, so I can't relate. You're doing all right. No, I'm serious. I've, I've never been. I used to do a joke about, cause I, cause I was trying to take them to all this stuff. And then one time I ended up when my kids were close to your kids age, like they were probably like five and three or something. And uh, we ended up at the car wash mm -hmm. and at the car, car wash is a ride or, or at, at, no, at a car, oh, wash. At a an car actual wash. car wash. Oh, okay. okay. And so we're there and they get into the massage chair and yeah. I put the $5 in and they're shaking and they're <laughs> laughing and they're and they're having a blast. And then uh, the car comes through the car wash. They're watching it go through the car wash and I get them snacks and I go, you don't need to go to Disneyland and spend <laughs> 200, two grand. 300, yeah, two grand. <laughs> yeah, five bucks at the car wash and you come out with a clean car. <laughs> you know, so that used to be it's, one of it's, the jokes. It's with kids, it's fascinating the things that entertain them. Yeah, of course. It's, yeah. It's really, really fascinating. The things that entertain, like with my son nowadays, you could, I, I tied a balloon to his foot yesterday yeah. and he was occupied for like a good hour. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. you have to realize that's a first for him, right? It's his first time experiencing a balloon tied yeah. to his foot. Yeah. And so, this morning, well, how many times have you say like it's like for me it's happened ten times. Yeah. <laughs> for your Every son, Friday first after <laughs> one bottle of wine, I tie a balloon and, and I run around, I run, around. <laughs> run around the house naked. No, but it's also it's also you know their 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 frame of mind. They're, that's why they play. Like as adults, obviously your um, your mind is is developed and 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 also well, your well energy, some adults some adults. Yeah, let's not give everybody credit. But your energy your energy is different, right? Like sometimes I, like I'm I'm just like oh my god, do I. I don't even have the energy to get up and go. Like we have a dog now. It's amazing. So the dog will sleep in the bed with us. And then, and then, and then when I get up to go, like I'm getting up to get out of bed slowly, you know, I'm, I'm older. So I'm like, I don't want to pull a muscle. 
this dog just like jumps up like bing boom like as soon as i start getting up just jumps up and gets gets going and that's how kids are like once kids are going they're going and so when you put that balloon yeah that's like oh my god like they have the energy and they go and uh and it's the best thing in the world and by the way as a parent i know you know this as you guys do there's nothing better than watching your little young toddler get tired i'm like oh, oh. my god run run as much as you oh, can yeah. This means they're gonna sleep. I get some time. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. That's that's the highlight of the day. Sometimes just yeah. watching him, you know, you roam around the house a little slower than we're almost there. Yeah, what he, yeah. Yeah. What, what he normally does, and you're yeah. just like, all right. But so then we, when they go to bed an hour into after, you're like, fuck, I miss those little bastards. Yeah. Well, <laughs> also, by the way, you guys are gonna get to the age soon where they can wake up in the morning and just take care of their own morning. Yeah, because for the longest time it was like once they wake up, then we have to go breakfast this that. Now they get up, they do their own thing. You're yeah. like, where are the kids? You know, like it's it's a whole other world. Which is which is a reset button for me because like my daughter now being five, you know, she'll wake up and thank God, you know, she's become this independent kid where she'll go to the bathroom, she'll brush her teeth, she'll wash her face, she'll go back to her room, she'll dress herself while I take care of the little one. Yeah. So like when when I look back, I'm like. You know, I'm I'm happy that there's a gap, but at the same time, it kind of I'm just like God. I wish they were closer in age, but then now, when, if they're closer in age, could you imagine if she was like two or a half? Like your kids are what? How many years apart from each other? Yeah, they're two and a half apart. So it was a lot. It was a lot harder for you. Yeah, guys, yeah, yeah, definitely. Dressing a two-year-old while you got like an infant and all that yeah, stuff. It, yeah, yeah, all that. It's juggling. A, it's a it's a challenge. So hilarious. But uh, as far as going back to kind of uh, the whole comedy aspect of it, how did you become how, how did you realize that, you know what, comedy is the way to go? Did it, was it something I was that- born in Iran. I grew up in Northern California. We left when the revolution was about to happen, right? So it was late 78. My dad was on business in New York. and uh, So your dad was, during that time, already traveling to the U.S.? Yeah, he would try. He had a, he, my dad had an electric company. He was a successful businessman. So he came to the U.S. to do business in New York. And he sent for my mom. He goes, why don't you bring me and my sister, uh, Miriam, at the t- uh, he, we were like, whatever, I was six years old. She must have been eight. Why don't you bring them for the winter break and let the protests quiet down and then we can go back? Because there was protests in Iran and no, a lot of Iranians didn't think it was going to be a revolution. They thought the Shah would quash it. So we came to the to New York and I always say we packed for two weeks and we stayed for 45 years, right? Because wow. we never went back. I mean, I went back once for two weeks. But anyway, um, Grew up in Northern California, coming from an Iranian family, similar probably to what an Armenian family would be or any of these traditional families. Lawyer, doctor, engineer, that's what they want, right? Do something that, you know, don't, don't, we have a name in the community. Don't ruin our name. Yeah. And so I, um, when I was like 10 years old, I think I started seeing Eddie Murphy and, and Saturday Night Live and I fell in love with what that, what that was. And then at the age of 12, I started doing musicals and plays at school. And I was like, oh, I love being on stage. And the teacher, the directors were always like, you're good. You're, you're good. You, you got what it takes. That kind of, they kept telling me that. And then my parents would come to the shows and the, the director would say, your son really has the talent to be in this business. And my dad, oh, thank you. And then we get in the car and be like, that bitch is crazy. Don't listen to her. <laughs> so uh, long story short, we ended up then, uh, you know, uh, my parents wanted me to be a lawyer. So I went to. Uh, uh, school at Berkeley and I studied uh, political science thinking that's like what you should study then go to law school 
then uh, I so went. you were a good student. I mean, you say Berkeley. I was pretty like good. I was a pretty good college. student. I, no, no, yeah, Berkeley. No, I well, I I was playing soccer too. That helped me get in. Uh, so I was a pretty good student. Yeah. I, mean, I was like a good student. I wasn't a. I wasn't like these crazy good, but I was 8, good yeah. enough with the soccer. I'm in. Um, and uh, and my soccer was okay too. It wasn't like I was like super recruited, but our team was a really good team uh, in Northern California. Anyway, so. Um, then I thought maybe, oh, junior year, I went to study in Italy and I tell everybody, I say, if you can study a year abroad, do it. So I went for a year to Italy, best year, one of my best years of my life. And, uh, while I was there, there was a professor and I liked what he was doing. So I go, maybe I can become a professor that way. My parents say, you got an occupation that's got like a good title. You're still kind of a doctor and I get to be in front of people. It's fantastic. So then I got into the PhD program at UCLA to get my PhD to become a professor in political science. And I just kept doing plays all the time, just on the side. And I was like, I was, I felt alive on stage. And so eventually I dropped out of grad school, tried to get back into acting. And it took me a little while. I ended up working in advertising for a while. But then in my mid twenties, I was 26 years old. And uh, I came to the realization that you live once and you should really, you know, do what you love. Uh, there was a guy who I worked with. His name was Joe Ryan. He was older than me. And I told him that I liked acting. He goes, if you really love it, you got to do it now. Because he goes, I'm in my 60s and there was things that I loved and I never did it. And he goes, you should do it. So I did it and I went for it. And that was uh, 25 years ago. I enrolled in stand-up comedy classes at that point. I enrolled in sketch classes. And then it just one thing led to the next. And the next thing you know, you're in a movie and then you're on this and you're in that. And then you're traveling the world doing stand-up and it's... Uh, Pretty, pretty damn cool. But did you ever get your PhD or no? No, no, I dropped that. Matter of fact, I used to have, I used to have nightmares. I, a few times I would wake up in the middle of the night. I was like, oh my God, that paper's due. Because I, I got, you know, I basically took fails because I did, I dropped yeah. out the first year. So I'd wake up, I was like, oh my God, that paper. And then I was like, no, I'm a comedian. I don't have to do paper at all. <laughs> PTSD, bro. Best thing in the world. Oh Best my God. <laughs> It was so good. It was so good. You too can drop out of school and yeah, become a yeah. comedian. Are you in grad school? Yeah. Are you thinking about dropping me out? No, if you, find, if you find something that you love, it's like go for it. You know, you don't. You don't. But, really but how many can actually? How many people make money doing comedy? Though? Well, no. So listen, if I were to go with the statistics when I first started, I wouldn't have done it. You know, yeah. it's like restaurants. Yeah. People say a lot of most restaurants fail. fail. Oh, 100%. But if but if you are somebody who like, I really love this. I have the passion for it. I'm willing to put up with the shit part of it. Right. Restaurants includes, you know, uh, opening, closing, cleaning, you know, uh, uh, you know, supplies, employees. If you love that stuff, go for it. So for me with comedy, every business has politics. Right. Um, for me with comedy, it was like. Early on, we would go to the comedy club and they'd say, okay, you're on at 1130. So you go to the comedy store, you're ready to go on, and then uh, Andrew Dice Clay comes in. They go, oh, he's going he's gonna to do an hour. All right, now it's 1230. Then Eddie Griffin comes in. He's going to do an hour. Okay, now it's 130. Club is closing at 2. Now there's three people left in the audience. Your then girlfriend, now wife, is at home. She's been waiting. You've been texting her saying, I'm not coming home anymore. Like, just go to sleep. And there was a lot of guys who started with me who would leave, but I would stay. I would stay. Sometimes I did shows at 1.45 when the place was going to close at 10 minutes. Yeah. 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I, I loved it. Sorry, I just burped. I loved, I loved it. I knew I was going to stick with it. And that even then there's no guarantee. You know, there's a lot of very talented comedians who never, quote unquote, were successful. 
Um, but for me, people say, when did you consider yourself successful? I said, the moment I started doing this, I was successful. And the rest has been icing on the cake. Everything else from comedy specials on Netflix to like movies to, you know, I got to get a, give the commencement speech at Cal. I got to perform. So, yeah. I got to perform at the White House. Your mom said, "At least be a mechanic. At least become a mechanic. Don't, don't yeah, be yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no comedian. Yeah, yeah, that was the one. Man. <laughs> so yeah, I again, I just I I say if you really love it, you do it. If you don't, if you think like, oh, I want to do it because I want fame and fortune, then do something else. Get into banking. There's a <laughs> get into banking. <laughs> the, it, well, you said banking. I remember the other joke you talked about. Yeah. Uh, were uh about the lgbt yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. the joke that joke was when i was in, in immigrant so my so my netflix special is called immigrant and so i did a joke back then about how um like i said i'm supportive of the lgbt back then it wasn't q yet it was i said i'm supportive of the lgbtq community and then i stop and i turn i go now i know there's some persian dad right now who's totally confused He thinks it's a bank. <laughs> so he's in the back going, LGBT community bank? And he's like, uh, I was with HSBC, but if Mars is saying LGBT, maybe I tried them. Maybe they have better interest yeah, rates. Yeah, interest <laughs> is better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. The first time, I, I forget who was the comedy store or Laugh Factor. I, the first time I saw you live, I, I want to say it was about at least 15 years ago. Yeah. And the joke that I, I remember till today that you... <laughs> You said, you you said, you know, one night we go to uh, to a bar in West Hollywood with my uh, Jewish Persian friends, and he's at the bar. He turns around. He says, "Maz, what would you like to drink?" I said, uh, "Get me a strawberry daiquiri." He turns around. He says, "Get me two strawberry daiquiris in the building." Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know that? yeah that, joke, that joke was based on. So listen, jokes are jokes come from from truth, right? So yeah, that joke yeah. was making fun of the fact that. Iranians, I think Armenians too. Like we, we buy properties. Like it's in the, it's in the, it's in the, it's in the blood, right? So when I do it on stage, I go, especially if there's like you know Middle Easterners in the audience, I turn to the white guy. I go, listen, I go, we buy property. I go, a lot of these guys, they're not. I say, I go, you here for the show or to buy the building? Yeah. I go because we bought Westwood. We're looking at West Hollywood. Anything with a wood, we're buying except Inglewood. Magic Johnson can have Inglewood. And then, and then, like you said, uh, uh, the, the other the other joke. I go from the moment we're born, our parents tell us buy property. When you're a baby, they go kuchu kuchu ku. Can you say landlord? Can you say can you say bitch? Better have my money. You know and all that stuff. Well, you can't say that anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah landlord yeah, yeah. is. Yeah. It's it's off. off oh yeah, right. yeah. That's no. You can no longer say landlord. Well, I I don't. Well, I'm. Not, I, well, actually, you know what? I was about to say I'm not a landlord, but I do. I have one rental property, so I'm whatever is the name, the title. In the beautiful state of California, you now have to refer to as home provider. I'm home provider. Yes. Thank you very yeah. much. No yes. more landlord. No more landlord. So I am uh, home provider as long as you are. Home provider. As long as you as long as you rent provider, I will be home provider. Yeah. <laughs> If you not pay your rent provider, I'll be eviction provider. Have you have you seen that one bit where it's this Persian guy going to collect his rent from tenants, and the tenants are actually Armenian? Oh, that's funny. Is it real? I think so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the commercial tent. No, no, yeah, no, no, it's real. Where they're yelling at each other, right? Where he goes, he goes, you know, uh, he goes, Bobo, I'm here to collect rent. Where's my rent? He goes, we'll, we'll pay you tomorrow. He goes, bank is closed tomorrow. That's funny. Have, oh, you, have you heard? Have you seen I that think bit? I've seen goes, this. Yeah. And he goes, all right, so you know, it's not a big deal. We'll just pay you Monday then. He goes, no, you pay me now. Bank is closed, and he starts, he starts losing yeah, his mind. He loses his mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, and he ahead. starts and he starts yelling at the top yeah, of his lungs. Yeah, bank yeah. is closed, and he starts like screaming, like, "Ah, And then the Armenian guys in Armenian, they go, "Bro, just give him this, his fucking money." Crazy. Yeah, this guy's right. crazy. Give him his money. Tell him to get yeah, the fuck yeah. out of here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it just it, it's, it goes back to the whole, you know, give me, you know, you have my money, and you know, as long as you provide rent. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, dealing with la- well, we can't say home providers or yeah, property yeah, providers. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are a little bit stingier but than others. I showed that I forget who I showed it to, who was from Iran. He said, you know, this is how some of the landlords. It's a that's kind of their method of trying to embarrass the tenant. Oh, they'll get out in public and start screaming like. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. everybody's like, hey, what's going on? What's going on? And they're like, all right, fine. Here's the check. Yeah, yeah, just- yeah. Act crazy. <laughs> yeah, like remember remember a couple of years ago, we had where my buddy recorded uh, that other guy who owed somebody else money where he was in his office. Uh, I'll, I'll, fi- I'll find the bit. Yeah, we'll play the yeah. audio for it. But again, it was the same situation where, uh, again, I, I don't know if it's in the Iranian community, but dude, it's like when they want their money, yeah, no, the, they yeah, want yeah, their yeah, money. Yeah. And also you're going to run into guys who are like, you know, they're they're going to be a little more. I mean, look, in every culture, we've got generous and then we've got someone who's just very stingy and, and not generous. And, and then you're also going to have people who are like, I mean, who knows what the, what that guy was going through in his day? Because for him to lose <laughs> it that bad is pretty. You're like, oh, he's having a bad day. Um but yeah, well, the man. bank was closed. Yeah, yeah, bank, bank is, is closed. Bank is closed. <laughs> we had a guy in college. He was this Persian dude who had come to Berkeley and he bought all these properties. And he was like, you know, the the definition of a slumlord. Basically, all the properties he had were like just not maintained that well. Mm. And the dude would show up in like a broken down like Honda from twenty years ago in like ripped shirt. Like he wasn't spending money on himself. Yeah, he wasn't spending. We didn't know what he was spending money on. And we're like, I felt bad for the guy. Oh, it is. Oh, I was like, this guy is oh, living oh, miserably. Because I tell you, you know, you could be, you could have all the money in the world, but if you're how not, long ago was this? This was like, oh my god, it was the early '90s, like '93 or so. You know the guy? You know Oreza? He's passed away, but there's this man that my father used to work with in Berkeley. Uh, well, he w- he was in Berkeley, West Hollywood, Beverly Hills, kind of. Was he like, was he a guy who showed up in t-shirts and stuff? Like never took care of himself? He never, let me put it to you this way. He came, he came to a job site where there was an issue with the property. Yeah. And he called my dad on an emergency job and my dad showed up and this guy, I'm not kidding you, bro. He had an operation literally the day before and he showed up to the property in order to fix whatever needed to be fixed and obviously to... Not to pay anybody. Well, yeah. yeah, And my dad was very, very close with them. They were like, you know, they're... But he gets out of the car, like stumbling, not stumbling, but like barely moving. And my dad is like, oh, what is that? You know, in in Farsi, he's talking in Farsi. You know, are you okay? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah." you talked about like a surgery (laughs) and stuff. He's bleeding. He's... he's, Oh, He's no. literally bleeding, and oh, my dad no. is like, "Oh, is you know, like, come on, like, just go home. We'll take oh, care of this. No. Don't worry." But no, no, no. He, he was he was so adamant oh, about being God. there. Yeah. This guy's like bleeding out, and he's like, "I just had a minor surgery," and blah 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 blah. And, and I'm like, "Bro, I'm like, Dad, is he always like this?" He goes, "Listen, man. He goes, every culture has kind of their 
stingy people, stubborn people, yeah. whether you're Armenian, you're Hispanic. <coughs> doesn't matter. Well, it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. He goes, this guy is the stingiest of the stingiest, apparently. Wow. And he's just, it's unfortunate. That's how he is. That's how he was raised. That's how he was bred. And that's. It's sad. You know, it's sad when you see that somebody who's not like, who's not able to enjoy life because they're so yeah. worried about that. You know I mean? Listen, I understand everyone's got worries and troubles and financial problems. And, but these guys, and I don't think it was the same, but maybe it was, maybe he's going North, North Cal, North Cal, SoCal, yeah, or maybe just all in general are very stingy. It's a common name. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't know. I mean, Reza Reza is a very, just means Mr. Yeah. 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 Like somebody who spends. Aray means like if you say aray is like to say you're a gentleman. Aray, baba, aray. So like what is somebody that spends? Um, like he's, he's uh, you would say no. You, you no? would say aray, and that's a, that's a term of saying <laughs> Like he's very, he's a good gentleman. Like aray <laughs> is gentleman. If you want like someone who spends, like you would say dasto del boz, which means like hand and stomach or dasto hand and heart. Boz. Hand and heart are open. Like he's very generous. Zerbat, how we this, say it. This is a word my uh, wedding photographer used one time man i i didn't even know what it meant but i cracked up because of because you mentioned uh Iranian where he said this was always eight years ago when i got married i saw him at an event he goes he's a persian armenian he goes armon your wedding sang it tamum i just cracked up i didn't know i'm like what does it mean Vic? he's like you don't know what sang it i'm like no he's like you know, like when you do everything 100%, but yeah. the way you said Sangitama. Yeah, Sangitama. <laughs> That's funny. When I saw him at a baptism the other day, I yeah. go, hey, Mr. Sangitama, how are you? <laughs> That's funny. Sangitama. That's funny. See, let me ask you this. I yeah. mean, obviously, being a comedian, being an actor, being from the Middle East, especially Iranian-Armenian, and I'm sorry, Iranian-American, uh, what were some of the challenges that you faced in the industry? Because obviously America and Iran never, especially at the time that you were in the industry, yeah. uh, they didn't have the greatest relationship. So. Yeah, and they still do. I mean, the fact is like it, the, the industry's changed. So I started 25 years ago. 25 years ago, if you had parts that were like Middle Eastern or any of that stuff, it tended to be like a terrorist or some bad guy. We've had so much progress now. And when I first started, there was just like a handful of, comedians from these backgrounds it was like me ahmed ahmed in england there was omid jalili um, a couple years after me maximini started but now you go to the clubs you can go to a club at the you know laugh factory or something it's like you know amir k and you've got like you, you know you got tehran, jack and you got tehran you got you know uh, there's michael from, Pasha, yeah from all these cultures now it's great to see and they're telling different stories than what used to be told it used to be like all you know jokes about being you know stopped at the airport now you're telling jokes about like dating or your kids or or whatever life is you know yeah. so i think it's great that we've made so much progress it's an interesting um it's it takes people see if you're not writing the stories you're going to be cast in the parts that people see you as right so once you start writing the stories, you can start writing the stories the way you want to tell the stories, yeah. right? And that's what's important, I think. The more you have people writing behind the camera in jobs of executive jobs, like if I went to pitch a TV show about, you know, an Iranian guy married to an Indian woman, my wife's Indian, you know, if the executive is some Iranian or some Indian, they might say, oh, I, I know this culture he's talking about. Uh -huh. 
relatable. Yeah, yeah which yeah. by the way, I think it's relatable regardless because you try to make the stories relatable. But that's why you have shows like Mo, Mo Amr, who's on Netflix, um, uh, Rami, Rami Youssef, that's on Hulu. Their stories are individual. It's about the specific, but it's also relatable. So I yeah. think the more that you're allowed to do that and the more you have people in positions that see the potential, and I think we've come to that far. Like back 25 years ago, you wouldn't have these shows on air. Oh, yeah, it'd be difficult. I think comedy okay. truly did is one of the tools that brought people together that taught everybody about the different cultures. Mm -hmm. But the one thing I, I don't like about today's comedy is everybody's walking around eggshells. It's like, oh, you said this 27 years ago. Now you've got to apologize for it so we can give you yeah, the Netflix you know, special. Yeah, some of that stuff, listen, yeah, that, that, some, yeah, some of that stuff is, is unfortunate because what happens is, like, you're right. I think you got to look at things in context, right? So if somebody, yes, if somebody was like, I don't know, if you have a, you know, video of the guy at a Nazi rally 25 years ago, you might say, hey, dude, what, what the fuck were you doing? You know, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you're right. If you take, like, that's why I think it would be hard right now. Like, Eddie Murphy was my comedy hero. But you look at some of the specials from back then and you go, ooh, that, that could open up a whole can of yeah. worms. So, yeah, this whole retrospect, like, going back and holding people accountable for some of the, especially if the person is willing to come back and go, look, I said that because it was part of the times, but I wouldn't say that right now because it's, um, first of all, Forget if it's politically correct or not. It's about being in touch with what's going on in society. Yeah. So if you're somebody who's like, no way, I'm gonna, I'm still gonna use the words we used that long ago. You're gonna look at your audience, and they're gonna get older and older, and they're gonna disappear. But if you want to be relevant, you should be. I mean, it, there's a way to make fun of some of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? I've seen comedians do a good job of like talking about how far they've had to come with certain things they can yeah. and cannot say. Um, but I think for the most part, if you go to the comedy clubs, this past weekend I was at all three of the major clubs here in LA, Comedy Store, Laugh Factory, Improv. All three had, you know, some great lineups saying some edgy stuff. <laughs> they still say edgy stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah you can, it's oh comedy, God. man. Oh, yeah. you Bro, you're preaching to the choir. Yeah. I could, yeah. I, yeah. Comedy is the one area they should be able to say just anything they want because that's, you don't, you're offended. I think I mean, what happens you know. is it, it takes, sometimes people get like <clears throat> social media doesn't help. So recently I read an article and I honestly don't know what the joke is. Um, there's a girl uh, in New York. I think she's, she might be Chinese or from Hong Kong or something. And she did a joke about that Malaysian flight that crashed a few years you know, back yeah, yeah, and yeah, there yeah. were no survivors and it, it disappeared. She did a joke about it and supposedly somehow it found its way back to like Malaysian authorities and people in Malaysia who got offended. And then she had to do an apology because like, I guess, and I don't know if the victims of the family, I don't know who, I don't, I have no idea how far it got. You don't, you don't know the joke though. I don't know, know the joke. It was something, it was something along the lines of like, you know, um, did the joke and then said like, well, that joke didn't land well, like the flight or something, you know what I'm saying? Something uh -huh. like that. But the point, the point is, if that joke hadn't been on social media, she would have done it that night in front of that audience. Most and of them would have laughed yeah. and people would have been like, whatever, you know. But yeah. once it gets on social media, people, by the way, can edit it in a way. Take it out of context. Totally out of context. Yeah. Or they don't know where your history, like the girl might be, I don't know, she might be uh, someone who's been raising funds for the families of the survivors. I don't know. I'm just saying people just find that that joke and whatever it is, and then they piggyback I mean, on it. So that's, that that's the issue. They do yeah. that with us. Yeah. They'll take a clip, let's 
I mean, a podcast is sometimes four hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus. They'll take a... Uh, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> we are bringing Abgushd. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, we have DZ You know, they'll take a four-hour podcast, yeah. take a 37-second clip and say, oh, look, these guys are anti-this or anti-that or yeah. they hate this. Who the fuck hates anyway? We're just... Why don't you watch the four hours or even that four minutes? Yeah. Not even the four hours. And yeah, the four I think, seconds. I think yeah. listen, I think that's the world we live in. And that's why sometimes you got to be a little cautious about how you word things. But also you got to, if it's you and you're not, and you know, and you're not necessarily saying anything that is too harmful, I think then you go, listen, I said this, this is what I believe, this is who I am. What I will say as a comedian, I've had people come up to me before and like point out like, um, I'm trying to think specifically when and how if it happened. Yeah, I was about to ask you: have, Has there yeah. ever been a ever been a time where somebody's approached you and said, "Hey, you know what, Maz? I love you and I love your comedy, but you know what? What you said was very offensive." Yeah, I'm trying to think. I might have. I either it either happened to me or I saw it happen to somebody where like they said something and and that whatever. Let's just say it was this wasn't me. I think somebody somebody might have been doing some joke about some. Somebody who's like, I don't know if the person was was like handicapped or whatever it was, and they were doing a joke. And I think I saw like a mom come up and say, you know, my kid is that. I think the comedian was telling me that, that the mom said, you know, my kid is going through. So when, you know, when you're doing that, it like, it really hurts me. And, you know, and this comedian was like, I never thought of how I'm hurting somebody in this case. And comedians, I don't think for the most part, want to hurt somebody. Yeah. No, they so, don't. They don't. They yeah. don't. So, so I think there's been instances like that. Not For me, it wasn't the handicap. I never make fun of anybody who's, who in my mind yeah. is like, uh, you know, disabled or has anything. I don't ever do. That's my like no zone. Um, you, don't what even, I, you don't even use profanity. I used not to, but I now I do. Now I think as do? I got older, I like cursing. It's really? so much fun. And there's people who will be like... You can uh, curse on the show, by the way. Yeah, well, fuck. Um, <laughs> you should have told me earlier. Just, what don't, the fuck? Just, just don't uh, curse an Armenian. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, like my new special, it's on YouTube now. And uh, and there's a few people commented. They're like, oh, I wish you wouldn't have cursed as much. I'm like, I don't know what to say, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I am climbing out of the uh, cabinet. The cabinet, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, the, but, but I will tell you what, what I got was a lot during the Trump administration. Now, you know, like obviously, like I've had when I was doing Trump jokes, I had a couple of times. There's actually a clip. If you guys go on YouTube and you put Mazjobrani Trump, drunk Trump heckler or just Trump heckler, it was here at Flappers in, in, um, in uh, Burbank. Burbank. <clears throat> this lady was with me for an hour. Or like four, 50 minutes. She's laughing, laughing. 50th minute, I started getting into some Trump jokes. Now, whether you're doing Trump jokes or Biden jokes or Obama jokes or whatever jokes, you're at a comedy club. Yes. So I think you should listen and do two things. One is, if you've been enjoying the show, if somebody's saying something, like if somebody does a joke about Biden being old, I'm like, if it's funny, it's funny. You know, I'm not going to get offended. So I was doing a joke about like, I used to do a joke about how Trump like, he tweeted so much and it was impossible to keep up with him. It was like the Tetris. I said, every day I wake up, there's some shit coming at me. I'm trying to deal with it. <laughs> I'm making fun of him. And then this lady starts going, she goes, I, as a woman, I'm offended. I go, what? And then she goes, I'm a legal immigrant. I go, I'm a legal. <laughs> so we said, so the whole thing I tried to deal with in a very peaceful way. Like I just like, I just totally Tai Chi'd her energy. And it was amazing because I taught myself to do that because 
before that, I'd had another guy get upset at me about some Trump jokes, and I'd gotten into a debate with him, and it derailed the whole show. So now I said, anytime somebody yells at me, whether it's about <clears throat> Trump or anything, I don't care what it's about, I'm just going to Tai Chi it. and we'd be like, hey, what a great country. We can talk about whatever. This is my show. I got five more minutes. Either stay or go. You don't have to. You don't have to stay. Yeah. I'm gonna be off the. I'm gonna be off the <laughs> stage in about five minutes. Let's have a drink. Let's chit chat so about that, it. So, so that show I did. I tie cheat it, and it goes really well. And we got that clip, and then, uh, and then I felt good. I walked to the green room. I go, wow, that was that went really well. And then my opening. I think Tehran was my opening act. Or somebody came back. They go, dude, your audience is going off on that girl. I go, oh no. So my audience got pissed and because she interrupted the show. So they were going up going like, you bitch, I keep your mouth shut. You know, I was, oh, like, I was like, I tried to bring peace to the world and now they're fighting. <laughs> so listen, the, the fact is, I think that you, you learn to navigate and then you learn to, um, like I said, you learn to either go with the times or not. Like I do shows now at the clubs and there's people that are in their 20s all the way up to their 50s. And for the most part, like, my my act is I don't feel like I'm holding anything back, you know, and, and I see, like I said, some people come out with some edgy material. Um, and I think that it's just, you know, times evolve. I don't think I think where you get in trouble or somebody gets in trouble is when people clip it up in social media. Yeah, of course. Everything can be taken out of context. Like I'm, one of the most controversial uh, comedians, I'd say probably is uh, obviously one of them is Dave Chappelle with his whole stand-up bit that he did mm-hmm. with Netflix. But you can't take snippets of his comedy show. And that's what a lot of people did. They took snippets of it and they posted online and said, oh, look, he's a, he's a homophobe. He's this, he's that. But it's like, dude, have, did you watch the entire special? And also, do you know his history and like how he's, you know, been an ally and all that stuff? So that's part of it, I think. I think part of it really is about people, if they're going to attack you, I mean, unfortunately, that's just nobody's got time for it. But if they're going to attack you, it would be good if they took a second to be like, who is this person? What else have they done or said? Like sometimes I'll see somebody with a tweet. Twitter's where I get like most carried away with my, you know, political activity. Um, but there are sometimes someone will be a, do a tweet and I, and, I, and I go look them up to be like, who is this person? And has this person been doing like, is this where they stand? Or is this like them trying to say something ironic you, you just to understand a little bit. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't even go that far. A lot of people just go like, fuck you. How dare you say whatever. Well, and that's like, the oh, thing, man. I, life has become more of a who can get the other person to break or get triggered quicker. Well, here's the thing. So I've learned a couple of things. First of all, I learned like like social. And I was trying to teach my kids this because we're in this world. Our kids are going to be in this world, you know, times 10. Yeah. So I told them, I said. My daughter, like she, she was in some dis- argument with a friend of hers and she was getting all carried away and texting her and back and forth. It was getting late. And I go, what are you doing, baby? Oh, she keeps texting me. I got to text her. Back. I go, you know what? Give me your iPad. We're going to put it over. We're going to put it away. So you can put it away. So you can go to sleep. Okay. And then we're going to talk about it tomorrow. But the next day she was like, yeah, we just, you know, agreed to disagree and it was fine. But if you stay and you engage, it, it pulls you in. So I've learned to give myself like a good 24 hours at least before responding. One of my favorites was I, I did a joke one time. <laughs> so I was doing stand-up in Times Square at, the, at Caroline's on Broadway when um, there was, a, <laughs> there was a, um, I don't know if you remember, there was a Pakistani Taliban dude 
this guy was like, he claimed to be with the Pakistani Taliban. He tried to blow up a car bomb in Times Square. And that night I was doing a show like, you know, you know, maybe five minute walk away. So this guy, a friend of mine, he did a guest spot on my show and then he left and then he comes back and he goes, I can't leave because Times Square is closed down. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, there was something bomb threat or something. Long story short, it led to this joke I did about how this guy tried to blow up a car bomb and it didn't explode, but the Pakistani Taliban took credit for it. Mm -hmm. And then in the joke, I go, why would you take credit for a failed car bombing? Why would you call a press conference and say, um, we would just like to say, um, um, uh, first of all, we'd like to say, uh, we tried. Uh, Holy <laughs> shit. Secondly, uh, uh, you know, win some, lose some, you know. And in conclusion, uh, whatever it was, it was like three or four jokes. And the accent was probably, you know, Pakistani accent is different than the Indian accent. But I'm doing this Pakistani Taliban and probably it's closer to Indian. Anyway, I think some Pakistani dude saw the clip somewhere and just lost his shit. So without me even like knowing this guy, one day I just went on Twitter. There was like 10 tweets and he was just, he was arguing with himself. He was like, you motherfucker, Iranian women take it in the ass. <laughs> Da, 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 da. And then the next one was like, you have small dick. Da, 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 da. And then it was like, our accents are like this. He just was going further. further. I was like, this is the funniest shit. I thought it was fun. I mean, I didn't respond to the guy. Yeah, we have a lot of those two where they just talk to themselves and we just say, bro, can you just, can yeah. you just stop? <laughs> you got to ignore it. You got to ignore it. We, ignore we just it. tell them, we go just, just stop. Yeah. Just yeah. stop. But yeah. damn. Or, or at a certain point, like you can block somebody if they're really crazy, you know, so. Because see, Russell Peters was another one that did a lot of like very controversial jokes where he talked about Indian people, he talked about Hispanic people, he talked about Chinese people. Plus, and Russell Peters also picks on the crowd. He'll, oh, he picks on the yeah. crowd. What I mean, is that called when they say? Crowd work. Crowd work, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll I do mean, that too. There was that one guy where he asked him, he goes, you know, oh, what, he was a Chinese guy. He goes, what's, what's your name? And he goes, Steve. He goes, Come on. What's your Chinese name, Steve? <laughs> he goes, uh, Top Sambong. He's like, Top Sambong. He's like, Does that mean you want to get high? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I just I hope that society doesn't go to the point where <clears throat> shit like that becomes super offensive. Listen, it all is again. I'm going to give you uh, an example of how it all depends on the. It depends on the audience. Depends on the circumstance, right? You're going to have audiences that want you to be a little more raw. You're going to have audiences that want you to stay a little more tame. There's something we call like corporate clean. You know, corporate clean is like you know the company hired you and they want you to stay clean because it's like husband, wife, this and that. I just did a corporate gig where they were like, they want you to curse. I was like, oh, great. Yeah. 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 I was like, great. So, and then, and then, and then there's going to be, like I said, there's, there's certain things you can and cannot touch on. So for example, I was doing a show in Denver. There's a Persian name of a girl. A girl's name is Negar, N-E-G-A-R. That's a Persian girl's name. And I was doing crowd work and I said, what's your name? And she said, my name is Negar. And I was like, I can't believe he just said that. <laughs> and then we had fun with it. And then I turned around and I talked to somebody else and I had to tell the white guy, I go, that's an actual name. I go, we also have another girl's name, N-A-Z-I, Nazi. I go, yeah. yeah. I go, can you imagine being? And yeah, so, but it's not pronounced Nazi, Nazi but it's spelled Nazi. N-A-Z. Yeah. So the whole point was I was having fun with it. And then, and then it ended up, there was a girl in the audience named Nazi that was there. So it all became a thing. And then throughout the night, I kept calling her N-word. I go, listen, N-word, I'm not going to say your name because I don't want to get canceled. So my point I'm trying to make is that it's all about how you come to it, what you do. Like, because part of it, by the way, is there is a cheap laugh that you can get. Like, like if somebody says like whatever, oh, 
like the Indian, you, everyone used to do the Indian accent. Everyone, you know, my wife's Indian, right? So everyone used to do like, or, 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 like that, right? And then you go, well, that, if that's the punchline, that's not really, that's just making fun of the accent. So that's lazy, especially now that we're like 20, 30 years advanced. So it's like for some people still will lean on that punchline. I've, tr- I mean, that, that accent, I've tried to rely less on those types of punchlines and more to have the punchline. So the question becomes, are you going to be lazy about it? And do an old school joke that like in the, you know, 95 was yeah. funny or are you going to be smart about it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so and again, like if if it was done years ago, you go, all right, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to bother with it. But, it all, it all it's all just how you do it and how you say it, man. Do you do the whole crowd? Kind of course. Of yeah, I do crowd, crowd work, work all then. the time. Yeah, I do. Crowd. As a matter of fact, I had the Armenian guys. Did you see that? There was a clip on Instagram. There was two Armenian guys. They're so sweet. It was at Flappers again. So I just started doing I started doing crowd work and I go, I go, what's your name? And the guy goes, uh, my name is Haigas. Haigas, yeah. Haigas. Haigas. And I did a whole riff and I was like, oh, this guy, I go, his name's Haigas. I go, he's got a cousin who dresses really nice. His name's High Class. And then I go, and then I go, um, he's got a, you know, I forget what I said. I you fun. said, I think he has a friend named Logas. Logas, he's got a friend. And then, and then, and then I go, what's your friend? There was a friend there. I go, what's your name? He goes, Karapet. I go, come on. He goes, yeah. I go like, I go like magic carpet, and then it just became a whole thing. But, but and this yeah. is all improv, basically. Yeah, that part's all improv, and it's fun because they're laughing. You're not laughing at them; you're laughing with them because yeah, they were having course. a blast. Like, and, yeah. and when I posted it, by the way, the people having the most fun with it are Armenians. They're like, "Oh, this is oh my god!" And then, and usually when I post it, I try to do, you, know, you try to, you try when you post it, you try to um, anticipate what people might think or say. So you'll say like, "Hey." These guys were at my show. We had a great time. Who's got another name that's had trouble throughout your life? Yeah. You know, so people were like, my name was such and such. And they called me, you know. So it's all also that, you know. So that's what Arno was saying. Thanks for the super chat, Arno. He goes, worst mistake I ever made was sit at the front row of a comedy show. I was the punching bag of the night. But he was extremely <laughs> funny. Uh, and he was asking for you to do an Armenian joke with Arno you- Schwarzenegger. Arno. Your- <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, the Armenians. No, I love. I, man, when I have, I told you the Armenians are my favorite. When I'm, the, I, in all honesty, I was telling somebody when I used to headline the Ice House. Um, I haven't done it in a while because it closed down to remodel. But uh, that's hope, the one in Pasadena. Pasadena. Right? Yeah. I hope they get back in, and also the one, the Flappers in in Burbank. The Armenians show up. Some of the best laughers, man. They're just there to have a good time. Like they just have a good time. You don't get the guys in the front just. No, I, because then we make fun of those guys. You know what <laughs> like, I'm saying? That's try what's making fun. me laugh. Yeah, like what's wrong? You know? <laughs> the, you know, the intent for them being there is different. That's the problem. <clears throat> See, when we posted that you're going to be on the show, again, not to get political, but there was a bunch of people that messaged us. They go, "Why are you guys having that fucking liberal on the show?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like, bro, you can't yeah. give us a fucking break to have a guy on and just sit down and laugh and yeah. just throw a joke and just talk. I mean, yeah, okay, he has his own political views. We get it. We can agree to disagree, but would you want us to bring the guy on and roast him and basically Are, are there any conservative comedians? I'm I mean, sure there, there are. are. Yeah, there are. are There's there? like like some of the listen, the conservative comedians there was like like uh, um um oh my god. Um Dennis Miller was is conservative, but I've been on his show too. We've had great conversation. Um there's there's a handful of other guys who are uh, Well, Stephen Colbert was 
Well, no, no, he's he's more no he's, that kid. No, he's liberal for yeah, sure. He's liberal yeah. for sure. Yeah, the conservative comedians like you had, like I said, Colbert. You had some of the guys probably who were uh, like, who, who's the other guy from uh, from the Daily News, the one that left previ- before Stephen Colbert re- replaced John Stewart. John Stewart, John Stewart was is a, he? He was a conservative. No, John Stewart is liberal. John, uh, liberal. John, John Stewart. He's, he's John Stewart may be considered right wing now based on how things have. No, 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 no. John Stewart. <laughs> is not, was, John Stewart's always been left, and he <laughs> continues to be left. It's just that he had. At that moment where he came on Colbert and was questioning the whole uh, 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 vaccine and some other stuff yeah. about like the Wuhan and all that stuff, but that's but that was just him, you know, just being whatever. Smart. That's just great. Being Good smart. Yeah. Like, well, listen. Know, like, kind of realizing <laughs> it's all fucking. Listen. Listen. <laughs> Let's not even go there. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. I got my shots and I'm happy I did. I got my shots got and my I'm shots, with them. my tail, everything's great. I got it all. I, listen, no, really, there you was no. You well, Mom. No, no, there was no. No, I got, I got like, I got four or five shots and I had one side effect and um, four or five shots. Four or five. Oh, and, and my it, penis is fucking. It just really? grew. Mashallah. It grew. I now have the biggest. I'm telling you, before the COVID, this big. After the COVID, this big. I played baseball. Yeah, I said it was a batting cage right there. It's been amazing. Is that the sound that, right that we were hearing that prior was the to sound. you getting That was me getting out of the car, man. They call him Slugger now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, no, there's, not, there's not. You're right. There's, there's not that many right, right-leaning I, comics. I don't, well, let me ask you this. Would you consider, in today's society, Dave Chappelle right-wing? No, I wouldn't consider Especially right after wing. his. No, no, I would, no, I wouldn't I think consider he's a libertarian. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider right Listen, the, the fact, listen here, he was, again, now we get to what I was saying earlier. You got to go back and research where this person has stood on certain things, right? So we have right wing, we have left wing, we have far right, we have far left, we have center, all that stuff. But if you go down the line and you go, I think a good test would be to say, I mean, there should be, but we don't have this, unfortunately. There should be like a... You know how like they give you the questionnaire at the doctor's office? Have you had this? Have you had this? Have yeah, you had this? Yeah, yeah, So yeah. just put be like, are you pro or pro abortion, anti abortion? Okay. Are you pro gun control, anti? Are you pro? And some of these fall on the right, some of these fall on the left. So if you look at the person's history, I think that'll help you understand where they stand. And I, I and I don't know. I don't know where Dave has been on, you know, abortion or where he's been on gun control. I have no idea. But you could probably research it. My guess. Given like the the way I've seen him speak and the things I've seen him do, just because he's like saying I'm fr- pro free speech, or he's had the the issues that he had with the LGBTQ community, I don't think like you could have that with certain issues. But if you bring him in the corner and you ask him, well, where where have you stood? Where have you voted? Where you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? I think that you would find that he probably on a lot of those issues would fall on the left side versus the right side. I think he's a, I think he's a median type of guy. I think he's more of a libertarian. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I, I mean, again, uh, I don't want to Tune in go- next week when Dave Chappelle is here. You're going to ask Dave. I don't know. You're gonna, I don't you're, know. You're, you're <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Levick has a great question. He says, uh, who? Levick. Hey, Levick. How are you, my friend? Levick says, how he's do living com- large. Go ahead. <laughs> living large in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he says, how do comedians keep track to not copy other jokes other comedians have done? I just watch other people and I do their jokes, but I say no recording so that no. Um, There's no record. No, no. Carlos no, Mencia. Yeah, yeah. The truth is, it's funny you say that. The truth is that uh, um, that we try to, if you come from your own voice. So if I go on stage and I talk about like my son, his name is Dara, right? I have a whole joke now about how. Uh, by the way, the special is called The Birds and the Bees. It's on YouTube. Watch it. 
I talk about getting the shot. So if you're upset, then don't watch it. <laughs> then go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> no, but the truth is, like, in, in the special, I talk about my son, Dara, right? And Dara is a Persian name, mm -hmm. but my wife's Indian. So it was spelled D-A-R-A, -A, but we added a, a silent H because she's Indian to make it look Indian. And the whole joke starts with me saying that when you're in an interracial relationship, when it comes time to name your kids, there's going to be a negotiation and a compromise. Yeah. And I go, the first time this happened, I was in the show. There was in the audience, there was a Mexican guy and his wife was Swedish. And I was using them as the example. I said, if you guys have a boy, the Mexican guy, you're going to want to name him Jose. I say, the Swedish girl, you want to, going to name him, you are going to want to name him Ikea. And then I said, you're going to compromise, you get Hoskia, you know? And then I went from there to Dara, this and that, whatever. So all of that to say, that joke is based around being in an interracial relationship. That joke is based around my life. That joke is pretty, I mean, there's no other comedian doing a joke about a kid named Dara. And I doubt there's a comedian doing a joke about a Mexican getting with a, uh, with a Swedish girl named him, uh, Hoskia. Hoskia. Uh, so that's all personal. So when you come from a personal place, then the odds of you copying somebody are very low. Now, there is the possibility where you do a joke and you have somebody who does a similar joke, right? So during the pandemic, I was talking about how I was jealous of doctors. This, by the way, this to me, sometimes I go, this is an easy joke. I go, somebody must be doing this. And it turned out somebody was. I said, uh, doctors, I was jealous of doctors because they could do Zoom consults. And I said, that means you could see your doctor on Zoom. And they were making money. They were getting copay. I said, my friend told me you can get a physical on Zoom. I said, how does that even work? Because normally they got to touch you. What do you get on Zoom? And the guy goes, hi, Maz. Let's get started. I need you to, I need you to grab your balls and cough. <laughs> now stick your finger up your ass. <laughs> Feel anything strange? No? Okay, do the copay on the way out. You'll be fine. So that joke. Half off the copay for a, banging So that joke, there was another comedian who was doing a similar joke. And I don't think he got it from me. I didn't get it from him. So I went up to him afterwards and said, listen, just so you know, I just did that on my special. And I don't mind you if you do it. I'm just telling you that I'm doing, I did it as well. And, but, but again, all of that to say, there are some jokes we'll all come to. And then it's a choice for you to decide, do I want to do it or not? Or, or if it's too easy to get to it, I think a lot of times you go, okay, I can get rid of it. And I've done seven specials. So, you know, if you keep writing, you can get rid of jokes that if somebody else is doing that joke, you can get rid of it and be like, I don't need it. You know, mm. unless if it's very specific to me. But see, being a comedian, being somebody who's constantly writing, coming up with material, especially, you know, during the pandemic, right? Where comedy comedy clubs are closed. There's no one's filming anything. There's no specials going on. And you're, you're sitting at home, you're doing some writing. I mean, the likelihood of you coming, you and another writer and another comedian coming up with something similar to that and again i'm not saying it's going to be the exact same joke but right. something similar to that is very likely yeah we were all doing jokes about because everyone was doing zoom com comedy shows or driving shows and we all had jokes about you know uh um the pandemic and as a matter of fact i i had filmed a special in 2019 that was called the peaceful warrior i filmed it in dubai and we Nobody was buying it in 2020, so we we got it on the Peacock TV um, the following year. But I added a couple of minutes from like the room I was doing comedy in during the lockdown, and I called it instead of instead of Peaceful Warrior, I crossed out Peaceful. I called it Pandemic Warrior. So there's a few minutes of me doing jokes about like being locked up in the closet and you know having toilet papers and all. so you're right. A lot of the subjects we're talking about were the same, but again. You try to approach it. 
from your point of view, a lot of my point of view at that point was just like how I was on lockdown with the family and how I was like, you know, I, I, I used to say like I, everything I was doing, I was in the closet. I'd go in the closet and make videos. And I was like, I'm in the closet. Like I never thought I'd go back. I was, I'm I, out of the closet. Yeah, I, I, I want to come out of the closet, but I'm back in the closet. And I said, and I said, I have to be here because my wife and kids have taken over my house. They're out there zooming, booming, gooming. I said, I used to have a family. Now when I go out in the living room, it looks like a goddamn internet startup company. There's a different person every corner typing away. There's a box of pizza. So all of that to say, again, life related. And, and um, you know, uh, like, again, I think some of the best comedy comes from your experiences. And then if, you're, if it's coming from your experience, then they can't call you a joke thief. They might just say, oh, I had a similar experience. I have a similar joke, you know? Yeah, because there was comedians that you know they've been called out for stealing material. Yeah, of course. Like, yeah, and that's you know and that's those those are guys who do. Like if you listen, if you if if somebody says, "Oh wow, I've heard that joke before," and you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna keep doing it," and then there's another joke, and they go, "I've heard that joke before," and if it happens two or three times, you're probably whether you mean it or not, you're probably stealing people's ideas, and you're doing them. You know, versus if you you know if it happens like once and somebody tells you and they go oh you know Chappelle does that joke and you go oh well then what's the point of me doing it like i'm yeah even even though i came up with it myself why would i even do this anymore yeah you know what happened with carlos mencia yeah. right carlos mencia i mean he yeah, stole a bunch of jokes from ari shafir and rogan and shafir and a bunch of guys called him, called out, him out at the call ended his career pretty much I wouldn't say ended his career, Have but you seen him since he tours. Listen, he tours a lot, and he's got his fans, and 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 he's on the road and stuff. But you're right; at the time, he had the mind of Mencia. He had a TV show. He was a lot of things were going really yeah. well, and then when Rogan confronted him, that probably led to his demise yeah. as someone who was at that level. Um, and and then there's actually a great. Uh, he he did a couple of podcasts with Mark Marin where they talked about it and. He was on PBD as well yeah, and, years ago. Uh, the thing was with Rogan, like he didn't hold back. He went all the way with Rogan? him. Yeah, yeah, like he went all the way to the point where he was like, his real name isn't even Carlos Mencia; it's Ned Holden. Yeah, yeah. And that was Mitzi giving them the name. I think back then, I don't know if that's his middle name or what, but yeah, it was. It was um, that was something that he had a reputation for, and so you know that's what I'm saying. You get first of all, the community knows it. And secondly, you'll get called out on it eventually. And thirdly, more importantly, for yourself as a someone who's trying to have a voice and grow, you're not going to grow if you're doing other people's jokes. See, like, I, I'm assuming it's something as far as in the comedy or in the stand-up comedy gig where it's it's not that it's illegal, but it's is it more of something that's like frowned upon? Absolutely frowned upon. Yeah, you should not be doing that. There's no, unfortunately, we don't we don't have um, a way of copywriting our jokes. But it's definitely frowned upon uh, stealing jokes. It's really it's and like I said, then you will you will become that you'll become known as that yeah. guy, and nobody will want to be on shows with you. I think I think that is equivalent to in your industry, real estate. Let's say you're the listing agent. I come in. I'm a. I bring in a buyer, and then you go to the buyer like, hey, psst. you know if you. If you work if with you me, work with me. I'll reduce the commission, and you have a and reputation. People, the, people uh, will uh, find that reputation because if you do that enough, if you do that once, maybe you get away yeah. with it. But if you do that second time, third time, fourth time, everybody knows your reputation. You yeah, because he tried to back out of it. But again, it it is what yeah, it, it is. is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How how has the industry changed pre and post pandemic? Now, are you guys? Gosh, I would. Are you say, guys selling out more, or was it? 
Well, it feels like, you know, it's not even about the pre and post pandemic as much as it's social media. So I'll tell you a quick story. You guys know Matt Reif, right? Matt Reif, have you heard of Matt Reif? Matt Reif is this young guy, good looking kid. Um, You know, I don't know, three, four years ago, I'd go to the Laugh Factory. He was the host of the show. Funny guy, nice guy, working his way up. Um, He spent some time on TikTok, putting his stuff out on TikTok, and it grew and grew and grew. Uh, also, my uh, my buddy Nimesh Patel, both of them grew, 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 and these guys like Nimesh is selling out theaters. Matt Reif just announced his uh, tour, and I think uh, it's, it might become the biggest, like one of the biggest tours in history. Really, yeah. Yeah. I, know, I know him. I yeah, know him yeah. on social media. Oh, yeah. I, I've seen yeah, him. So yeah. Matt's like so that's so that's what I would say. It's not so much just post pandemic as much as it's what social media is social. doing now mm-hmm. to take to lift certain people. Because what happens is. Everybody's on on social media for either politics or comedy or cat videos or whatever. And if you see enough of somebody's comedy, you can start following them. And yeah. if the person's got a million, two million, ten million, twenty million followers, people are going to show up. And and the hope is that that person is experienced enough so that they can deliver in that show. And I think to Matt's credit, you know, he's been in the game long enough where now that he's popping, he's actually got the goods that he can deliver on the show. Cause you know, the worst thing would be if you did some funny clip and you've been doing stand up for a year and now you're selling, you know, three, 4,000 people and they're going to show up and be disappointed. Yeah. Cause there was content creation as far as with a lot of these social media influencers, a lot of them create great content. Yeah. And there's been stand up comedy shows I've gone to where you see the guy creating content on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube, whatever it is. You're like, shit, man, I can't wait to see this guy in, live in person yeah and then you end up to the sh- you end up going to the show and mind you he's 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 more of like a, a warm-up kind of comedian sure. for the main guy and all of a sudden it's like he's so flat on stage yeah. and you're like oh man this guy's just kind of a stick to social media stick yeah. to youtube stick yeah. to so your- stand-up comedy no matter who you are stand-up comedy takes you five to ten years to get good at it it's like anything you gotta spend time there's a reason why doctors go to residency for whatever it is, four or five years after they've been to medical school. It takes time. Stand-up comedy is the same thing. If you take, if you see somebody killing, like I remember the first time I saw Earthquake. I don't know if you've ever seen Earthquake. He's one of the funniest yeah. people out there. I remember seeing him and he'd just come to LA, I think from like Atlanta or something. And he killed. And I was like, who's this guy? And I looked him up and he'd been doing it for 10, 15 years already. Yeah. So usually if you see somebody kill, you should be like you should the next question should be how long has this guy been doing it yeah see yeah that's what it is like with with your stuff when you look when we see your stand-up comedy especially the clips that you post on social media it draws us in it wants us to come to the show because you're so you're very very good on stage and at the same time when you look at it you go bro this guy will kill it on the big screen as well as far as with a movie and again you know it might be for certain roles yeah but it, it's it's just a matter of you know what, dude. It's just, it, if it's you landing that certain role, fuck man, I don't give a shit. I'll go. I'll I'll pay money to watch Miles on the big screen. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think there's something to that. I think you're right. I think when um, given the chance, a lot of comedians can do great work acting. I I probably had been doing a lot more acting earlier in my career. And then the past several years, I've been very busy with touring. Um, but but like you said, that 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 opportunity has not come up recently hopefully it will um but i've also learned a lesson from social media what you guys are doing with youtube uh when i put my special out on youtube i go on there all the time you know every couple days and i'll look at the comments and i respond and i have my own fans are there and i realize oh there's a whole world here so i'm gonna pretty soon i'm gonna actually try and film 
a couple of like short um, uh, episodes of what would be a TV show based around my life. And I'm just going to put them out on YouTube. I'm like, not a, gonna, like a vlog kind of thing. No, like a, like, like, like a, uh, like a Larry's, uh, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Kirby enthusiasm kind of a thing. Oh, you know? really? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that, but with my Larry life, David, kind of Larry David ish. Um, just with my life, I'm just gonna put it out and just, and, and hopefully it comes out funny and people like it and people watch it. Um, and if, and if, and if nothing else, maybe it's a proof of concept for people yeah. to go. Cause oh. that, that's what Seinfeld was. Seinfeld was Larry David's life pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot. Well, and then was Curb, a yeah, yeah. Curb your enthusiasm is Bless you. Larry David in real life. I don't know yeah. if you've watched. What's well, him exaggerated, right? Yeah, I've, I've watched a couple of episodes of it. Yeah. I've, so I've watched a couple of clips of it. And, you know, it's a specific, like, Seinfeld is a type of comedy where it's not for everybody. No. It's cer- more cerebral. A little yes. Bit. It's yeah. not. And just like Curb Your Enthusiasm, there's episodes and there's clips of that where you watch it and you're just like, well, I don't get it. Yeah, it's not for well, everybody. Well, because you have to watch at least. It took me a while. You have to learn about the characters to understand the jokes. Otherwise, it's gonna be like, what's so funny about this? But then when you learn about who they are, their personality, kind of why they get them. Like Larry David, the guy's always gets himself into some type of yeah, shit. Yeah, always yeah. getting in trouble. Like he has good intentions, but somehow it always backfires on him. Dumb, but if dumb, you don't dumb, know that, yeah, 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 great song too, <laughs> right? The way yeah. the way he just walks, he has that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's so great. It, it's, it, but you should do that because, I mean, you're gonna obviously now your audience, the world is your audience. Yeah, it's absolutely. not only flappers or comedy store, wherever you know. Listen, New York I'll City. tell you, I've had specials all over. I've I've had specials on Comedy Central. I had special on Showtime. I had a special on Netflix. And I just put this one out on YouTube. And the difference with those other ones is people come up sometimes and say, I saw this, I saw that. But the networks themselves aren't telling you, oh, this many people saw it or here's people's responses if you want to respond. YouTube is beautiful. It's like right there. As soon yeah. as I put it out, like even the, they do, a pre- I did a premiere. And my premiere, I just put on my Instagram. I said, guys, my, my special comes out, whatever, it was March 31st at such and such time. Come to the premiere. I'm going to watch it with you. So I had on the half of the screen, I had the special was running. And then you were on the other. And I was chatting on the other half. I was like, oh, this actually happened to me. Uh, and people were responding, no way. Yeah, it was like 700 people at the same time watching it together. And uh, and it was great. And then ever since then, it kept going. And then they could do a super thanks. Have you gotten the super thanks before? Yeah, we have the super chat. That's what yeah. a couple of people were actually uh Sending us, Ar- yeah. Arno was one of them. He yeah. sent yeah. the super chat to it as well. It's yeah. it's, it's they're great. So great. They, they're basically they're, chat. They're basically, oh, there's a super thanks as well. Yeah, now? Super thanks just is say, they, send just, money. they just there. Yeah, they give you a tip. I yeah, said like tip. I'm a stripper. I said this is fantastic. <laughs> nice, make it rain. Basically. Yeah, it's fantastic. How much oh. clothes I got to take off? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have an OnlyFans page? I, no, I have a uh, only. I have, I have only fan. There's no fans. One guy. One guy. One guy. He subscribed. I take off my clothes and. Mashallah. <laughs> and he sees my COVID penis this big, this big, my friend. So that was the side effect. Pfizer, you. buddy. Pfizer. This is this See, brought to you by Pfizer. I should have gotten the Pfizer. I got the Moderna. Moderna it had the opposite oh, effect. Pfizer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I swear, bro. Uh, Every time you say mashallah from now on, I remember gonna, I remember uh, that surgeon, bro. Uh, oh my god. So, you wanna do you wanna say it? Or? You, you're better at so, telling stories than I am. So there was, <laughs> as we all know, not to get too political, but yeah. uh, one of the leading countries as far as transition 
from male to female or female to male is Iran. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people would think, oh, it's the Philippines or it's the United States. Sure, no, yeah. it's actually Iran. Yeah. And there was a doctor who was performing a surgery on a gentleman. Yeah. Uh, and the, he was transitioning from male to female. Yeah. And, you know, they're getting ready for surgery, put him under, you know, lay him out on the bed. And, uh, you know, doctor puts his gloves on, gets ready. You for forgot sur- the voice part. Huh? Where he comes in with the voice. Oh, that one. I'll tell you that one as well. And then uh, they, you know, they move over the curtain to perform the surgery. And the first thing he says is, oh, mashallah. Ah. As in like, yeah, you know, well, you're well hung. Well, you know, but it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time but, then, to go. But, but the other one was a gentleman goes to a doctor and uh, he has a very unique voice. So yeah. he talks like this. Yeah. And he goes to the doctor and he says, I don't know why my voice is like this. And the doctor does some <laughs> tests on him and he says, well, it's actually because you have a very large penis. Yeah. That's the reason why your voice is like that. And you go, oh, what, what, what can I do, doctor? And so the doctor says, well, I got I to cut it off yeah. and your voice will go back to normal. Yeah. He goes, all right, let's do it. So cuts off the penis and the guy's voice <clears throat> goes back to normal. Nice, nice, deep voice. And he goes about his day. A couple months pass by. He goes back to the doctor. He goes, hey, doc, listen, this isn't working out, man. I mean, my junk is gone. I'm hooking up with girls. They're loving it. Screw it, man. I'd rather have that screwed up voice and my penis back rather than having this voice and no penis. And the doctor goes, I don't know what happened to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw that coming. That was good. Well, you know, I used to do a joke, and this truth, I used to do a joke about when you said the, that Iran is the leading country where uh, there's uh, uh, transition surgery. I, I, if you remember when Ahmadinejad was the president, He came to America and they said, and somebody asked him at a thing, they go, what's up with the persecution of gays in Iran? And then he was like, gays, we don't have gays. And I, and I, we used to talk about, I said, I said, the reason he said that is because in his mind, like if you're gay, that's what they make you do. They make you like in, 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 there was a, there was a mullah who was doing some video and he said, he said, you know, the Quran doesn't want homosexuality but it doesn't say anything about sex change so the that was their that was their loophole so the loophole was like you shouldn't be gay but if you want to get sex change i'm like what kind of backwards bullshit loophole yeah it was his loophole that doesn't make sense religious types are looking for loopholes that was his loophole that and that's why in ahmedinejad's mind he's like we don't have gays they just they become men become women and then they're straight again like that's how he was seeing it used to help uh, Americans pronounce Ahmadinejad. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna get a job. I'm gonna, yeah, that's yeah. Right. I'm gonna get a job. <laughs> I, I'm gonna get a job. Ahmadinejad. Ahmadinejad. There was also like his his in the in the in the protest. They would they would because uh, his name's so long. I used to do a joke about how it's like it's the worst name for a protest because you know like you can't be like Ahmadi it's a long name so they just would shorten it to Ahmadi and they said Ahmadi bye bye Ahmadi bye bye which meant get the hell out of here (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's so it's so crazy and so sad what happened to that country man yeah Iran of course bro Iran was the 45 years was the Paris of the Middle East well let me tell you you look at some of the older photos yeah yeah Iran was a a great country and you know it had it had problems like most countries you know will have problems and and there was you know listen the the Shah was the king and so there was he had a secret police and so we can't whitewash some of the stuff that was happening but it was a thousand times better than none of these guys and the problem I think one of the problems is when people are in a situation where they think it can get better, then 
they that's where the opening comes for somebody like a Khomeini who was a charismatic leader. And the problem becomes, I think, um, you know, I always tell people, I go, I go, there's a reason why it's good to separate religion from politics. Because Correct. as soon as the Islamic Republic of Iran took over, the first thing they did, they started going after women and women's rights. Cover yourselves up. Men, you can wear whatever you want. Women, cover yourselves up. And now women, you're worth half of a man in court. And now you get one-eighth of the, uh, um, you know, if there's a... Um, uh, um, if if a parent passes, a father passes away, like the the daughter gets less than the son. There's a lot of stuff. Reason places no, they, where they degrade women like no it's tomorrow. Horrible. Yeah, like my saw, dad was watching with one video, and I was telling, him, I was like, "Can you translate what this moron is saying?" He was like, "This uh, guy with like a, a mullah, or something. a mullah." Yeah, yeah, yeah he was yeah, like, yeah. "I'm like, Dad, can you translate what the hell this moron is saying?" He goes, "Well, he's talking about man being superior. God yeah, created yeah. man first. Yeah, Allah yeah, yeah. created man first. Yeah." And then Allah created the donkey, and then Allah created this, and then Allah Jeez. created that, and then Allah created woman to basically just be a, uh, a slave to a the slave man, to yeah, the cook man. and clean. And, and all I'm that. like, are you serious, dude? He goes, yeah, that's basically what he's saying. And I'm like, but, and he's, saying, and he's saying this in front of thousands of people. Well, that's bro. what I'm saying. So listen, when you have that closed mindedness, so they went after women, they went after the LGBTQ community, then they went after religious minorities, and on and on and on. And that's what when the protests happened last year with Massa Amini, and uh, you know, I'm sure your viewers know, like she yeah. was this 22 year old woman walking in the streets. Her hair was out of her hijab a little bit. The morality police stopped her, arrested her, proceeded to kill her, and then it led to protests all over Iran, and then all over the world. And I was trying to get Americans to pay attention, and it was hard because in America we have a lot happening too. But I was trying to tell them, I said, "Listen, you guys think, oh, this could never happen in America." I said, but we have seen, now, I don't care if you're pro-abortion, anti-abortion, I don't care where you stand on that. What I will say is, I personally feel that it should the woman should have a choice. And I feel that if you look at the statistics, a majority of the country feels a woman should have the choice. Now, maybe you guys don't agree, do agree, that's not the issue. What I'm saying, though, is I was trying to point out to people in America that the minority that took 40, 50 years to take a woman's right to choose away was based in religion. So a lot of that is the religious right who got that done. So I was trying to tell them, I said, use Iran, thank you. I said, think of Iran as a cautionary tale. Try to not mix religion with politics because if you do, then you're gonna see more and more of these types of freedoms that we have being taken away. And that's the problem in Iran right now. Thank you very much. I think is that the fact that uh, that you have the 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 religious, you know, the mullahs leading it, and you've got all these young people who are just trying to live their lives. They just want to have a life. They just want to have opportunity, and they can't. And and a lot of things that people don't know is, for example, the Iranian government has the Iranian army, and then they have the. IRGC, well, the, yeah, yeah the, they have their the, separate the besiege, army. Yeah. The besiege. And you look at that and you go, look at how separated government and religion is, but at the same time, it's so tied in together as well. Well, yeah, because so, so the so so the way that it is right now is the mullah, like the Khamenei is a supreme leader. So what he says goes. And what they did, which was smart for them, but it's also what the Nazis had done, they didn't just have a foreign army. The Nazis created the Gestapo, correct, to keep to 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 anybody who's against uh, their party. We're going to go after them, exactly. So kind similarly, of like the FBI. 
It's, well, it's worse than the FBI. <laughs> the FBI's, listen, by the way, this thing with the FBI getting after Trump, I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something. No, let me just say uh, that. that the truth is, you. No, no, so much tax money is, wasted. No, the truth is, if you look at it, what's interesting to me is if you look at it, like I would say majority of FBI and, and law enforcement are, I would say, Republicans. They're registered. They're registered. FBI? In, yeah, FBI? of course. And FBI, no, of course. Man, come on. Bro. I bet you look it up. Look it up. Most of Christopher look. Ray was appointed by Donald Trump. You know that, right? Right. That's one person. Yeah. yeah. No, but but also as you go he down took, the FBI, he listen. took Chris Christie's recommendation and listen. You know, the fact he said is, I made a mistake. Hmm. I Donald Trump never makes mistakes. Listen, the point is. I never make mistakes. It's, it's, He's it's, perfect. It's it was perfect. the perfect it's phone perfect. call. Yeah. It was a perfect phone call. <laughs> they were the perfect classified documents. The documents I class. I went like who that. built the cages, Joe? Them. Joe, who built they the cages? Declassified. They declassified. I declassified them. It's perfectly my right. <laughs> Listen, that was that was more of a New York act. <laughs> you, you went from whatever. Trump to huge. New York. Huh? Huge. huge, this is huge. Um, no, but what I'm saying it, about Iran is is they they really uh, it is a totalitarian autocratic state, and it's and it's and it's very sad because what we saw last year with the protests, it, it really felt like maybe something will happen, maybe it'll crack. Oh man, you have no um, idea how much hope we had. Yeah. And it was funny. I was talking to my dad about. It. I was like, Dad, you've lived there. Yeah. You went to school there. You know who these people are. Because besides that, he's worked with them as well. Not only in Iran, but here as well. Yeah. And I asked him, I said, what you're seeing on TV now and what you witnessed during the first revolution, I'm like, do you think it'll change? You know what he said? He goes, there's too much black gold underneath yeah. that ground for those radicalists to fold. Yeah, you know, the I've heard, I've heard analysis. There's a great... Um, uh, analyst his name is Karim Sajidpur he's a he's an expert on the region he said something that was he said one of the differences between um when the Shah the revolution happened in 79 and these guys he said a lot of the uh people that were part of uh the Shah's uh, administration um he said they were western educated so they had places to go so when the when the when the uh, revolution happened they got up and they moved to England and France and America he mm. said these guys got nowhere to go Exactly. Um, that said, they have been stealing and funneling money out to like Canada and Europe and other. So during these protests, we saw a lot of videos and a lot of footage and a lot of news coverage of relatives of some of these guys who are the most extreme living in the West and just having a great time. And they live large and they get tons of money funneled to them. So it's all very hypocritical. It's all very heartbreaking. And I, and I do hope for freedom for the people of Iran at some point. And I do hope that uh, our country um, does not mix religion with politics. I really do. I think that that's, I, I, I think anytime, anytime it, it, that an ideology like that uh, uh, dictates how we got to live. Like I love, I mean, if you're religious, I don't, to each his own. You know, I was born in a Muslim family. We weren't Muslim. We we're like, we we're very secular. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, I always tell people, I go, if it helps you, like my, my, my in-laws are Christian and they're beautiful and they go to church and they, and it's great. And I go, if it helps you, that's fantastic. But once you start imposing it on me and telling me what I can and cannot do, then we start having a problem. I'm surprised you say that though. Why? Because you, you, you come from Iran. You've seen, you were, you said you were six. You pretty much escaped the revolution. Your family yeah. escaped the revolution. Yeah. 
And what we're seeing now in the United States, especially in California, is Canada, California, Australia, is they're doing exactly what they did in Iran. But see, that's where I, I, I'm going to differ with you because I think I know what you're saying. You guys are saying that the the governments are like making people with the with the COVID and the mass and all that stuff. Not just COVID, everything, everything. Okay, so I, I, and listen, again, I don't know what particular thing you're talking about, but I will say the same way because that's what I was telling you guys when I first said, listen, like, we're not going to, I'm not going to convince you, you're not going to convince me. But the way that you, the right sees the left as saying, oh, they're fascists and trying to get us to do things. The left sees the right as they're fascists and they're trying to do things. And I think in the middle of it all, there are issues that we all agree are broken that we should hopefully find solutions for whether it's inflation or immigration or no, we're not talking about that because you said you don't want for example your in-laws to impose their religion on you right? i don't want anybody imposing anybody them. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah of course. okay yeah. so but now we live in a in a country and in a state unfortunately where the state is imposing their beliefs and values on us. It's what, not, I'm not talking they, about inflation. They, so, I'm not so talking, give me a specific. I don't a know what specific, specific one yeah, is yeah. is the LGBTQ right. uh, agenda, right. which they're forcing little children, elementary children, right. to have to learn about these things. Right. How would how would you feel if in elementary school they forced your kids to lo- learn about Christianity, Christianity. Uh, Buddhism, the Quran? Well, well, let me go back. Let me go back. Let me everything go back. Else. Hold on. Let me go back. Let me go back. Two things. First of all. I grew up in America, and maybe, I don't know if you guys went to public school or not. You we did. did yeah. We did. You did. So I grew up in America where all I learned about was mostly the good parts of America. A little paragraph here about like Native Americans, a little part here about slavery, this, that, the other. But it wasn't until I got to college mm-hmm. till I realized, oh, the United States was involved in the 1953 coup d'etat that overthrew a parliamentary leader, Mohammad Mossadegh, in Iran. They were behind a coup that overthrew a democratic leader. And then you start going, oh, they were involved in uh, in other coups around the world, whether it was things with Chile or like Nicaragua. Even the, the revolution. Iran, yeah, yeah, Iran, yeah, yeah the Iran-Contra. You start learning, oh my God, they're not, it's not all clean. So, mm-hmm. so let me go back a little bit. When there was that whole, like, you know, there was a whole thing with like, uh, um, Critical race theory. Everyone got all pissed off. Critical. How dare they teach critical race theory? Well, first of all, critical race theory is something that's taught in graduate schools. But a lot of people were saying, if you teach about the bad stuff that happened in slavery and all that other stuff, white kids are going to feel bad. They're going to feel like you're. This is what some of the arguments were. You're going to. They're going to feel like you're blaming them for slavery. And I was like, no, I don't think white kids are going to feel bad. They're going to be like, oh, my grandfather was an asshole. Because white kids are going to realize no one's saying you did it. But the truth is, two or three generations ago, slavery existed, right? And the first slave over, black slave owner was what? actually black. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. But for Michael, the most part... Michael Johnson. For the most part, Michael Johnson was a very fast runner that as too, well yeah. in the Olympics. Well, I mean, if you want to <laughs> go deeper, who sold the slaves to America? They did. All that, but listen, that stuff doesn't excuse what happened. No, of course not. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely so, not. So when so when people come and they go, oh, they're teaching critical. Why are they teaching about slavery? I go, well, we should know. I personally want to know because again, I maybe you guys don't make this argument, but I've heard the argument of people going like, you know, I'm proud of America. We should tell. We should teach. We should make our kids love America. And I go, 
I'm not the, the term I'm proud of. I try to stay f- away from what saying I'm proud of any country because every country's got good and bad. Every country has racism. Don't get me wrong. Every country's done bad and good. Every country has that. So I I try not to because I think I feel patriotism can blind you. And I was a victim of it, by the way, because I come to America in late 78 and then the hostage crisis happens and I'm in school getting called fucking Iranian, seeing my Iranian friends get, get beaten up. I've talked to other Iranians who said they were got death threats. There was all kinds of stuff. We've seen it after September 11th. I don't know if you guys have experienced any of it, but of I saw it with my did. own we, eyes. We, yeah. we faced it when we came to the United States yeah. where we moved yeah. to Glendale, where yeah. it was heavily populated by, you know, Typical white people. Yeah. And yeah. you had these Armenians come in and yeah. they're like, you know, just like you said, who are these fucking Iranians? Yeah. They turned around and said, who are these fucking Armenians? Yeah. So we faced it. But I mean, you can't lie to yourself and not say that this is the greatest country in the world. But listen, but that's, but you that's, can't but, but, lie but, but hold on, hold on, you're not proud no, no, to be no, no, an American. No, no, no. I'm going to, I'm going to go back for a second. I, I'm, it's not about, I, I don't need to tell myself either. It's a great country. As a matter of fact, I, I think used, it's the greatest country yeah. in the world. So I used to say, I used to say when they used to say, make America great again, I would say, you need to go, you need to go to Nicaragua for a minute or go to El Salvador or wherever it is that there's other countries that might be impoverished. Yeah. You should go there. And then come back and realize how great America is. Right. And that said, I was saying, I also know that there are a lot of poor places in America. There's a lot of places where there's violence and there's a lot of, you know, it's not, per- it's not, clearly it's not perfect for a lot of people. But again, when they said make America great again, I was like, it's compared to a lot of countries that like he just said, it's a great it's country. Great, yeah. yeah. But I was saying that I think to, to not want to learn about the bad history in my mind, this is, I'm first going to critical race theory with you. To not want to learn about that, I think is going like this. Uh, you know, It's I, not not about learning it. It's what they're trying to do is, for example, I remember, uh, what was it? The 2018-19, I was on my way to Pepperdine. Uh, I, had an, I had an interview at Pepperdine. And on my way there, they were talking about how they're going to remove the Christopher Columbus statue at Pepperdine. I called Dennis Prager, who's a conservative talk show host, national uh, talk show host. I said, you know, I'm going to go to this interview, but whatever they offer, I'm not going to take it. Because if, if you let's have a conversation, argument about, okay, Christopher Columbus was good or bad, it's fine. I don't, I'm all for the argument. But to remove the statues, to remove... Everything that 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 is part of history that that I don't agree. Well, I'll with. tell you. First of all, first of all, kudos to you for saying this is. I'm going to go to the point of not taking the job because that's what the, your right is to do, right? You have that right to it, do that. But I will say this: it goes back to what I said earlier when I talked to you about the comedian who said, "I uh, I did a joke about the the comedian said I was doing jokes about somebody who was handicapped or whatever, and the mother came over and said, "This is my kid." And, and, you know, it breaks my heart when you do this. Yeah. And the comedian had second thoughts about it. So what I would say to anybody is, listen, I, I'm not at a rally pulling statues down. Yeah. But I would say if you're somebody who has had trauma in your life or your family has ha- suffered at the hands of something. And by the way, I remember Trump would always make these things. He'd be like, oh, they're going to take down the statue of such and such general. The next thing they know, they're going to take George Washington. Down. Like He would just... 
he would go right to the extreme of it, right? It's not. They're talking about well, on, Mount Rushmore. No, but right hold on, now. hold on. But what I'm, but what I'm <laughs> saying is, extreme. no. But what I'm saying is, let's start with the first one. Like I was recently, where was I? I was in, was it North Carolina or South Carolina? I was in one of those places that was south, in the south, and it might have been North Carolina. And somebody told me, like, yeah, they had some statue of a Confederate general yeah. removed. Now I'm not part of that community. I didn't. I didn't even know who this guy was. But the person that was telling me about it was saying that a lot of people were behind this because of all the atrocities that were revealed of what this person had done. Correct. So if, for example, I mean, if you want to go extreme examples, let's go extreme examples. So I, in, in all honesty, again, I haven't studied the extreme and extent of what Christopher Columbus had, like how many people he, how many Native Americans he killed. Right. And I don't know who was behind the moving of that statue, but... When Saddam Hussein falls, they take a statue down, right? So this is extreme I'm talking about. And why did they take the statue down? They don't take it down because they're like, oh, he was mean to a guy. They take it down because they go, he killed thousands of people. He was a dictator, we extreme we don't want dictator, that shit. yeah. So years later, if we get to a point where we start listening to a diverse voice, and, and when I go back to what I was telling you guys about earlier when I said when I was in my public school, the people making the decisions about the textbooks and all that stuff were probably mostly white there may be just white males. I don't know. But that's why I didn't learn about the history of America with Iran until I was in college. That's why I didn't learn about the history of America with any country until I was later in college. Well, would you because, consider that Would you consider that American history or would you consider that world history? No, I would consider that at the time, the history that I was learning, I, I don't know what class it was. Whether, it would be world history. Great. But, if it's America involved yeah, yeah, with but, another country, yeah, it's but, world history. But, so, if it's, so, but, but what I'm saying is they should teach, not that they, listen, it go, this is so rich because we go back to what you guys were talking about, the industry. I'm here to tell you 25 years ago, the parts that were offered to me were terrorist parts. 25 years later, I can turn on the TV and two of my good friends have their own TV shows. They're both Arab. It has nothing to do with being terrorists. It's funny as hell. And they're winning uh, Emmys. I mean, that's that. So, but I mean, you could say the same thing about, for example, Jimmy Kimmel and Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel are best friends till right. today. One yeah. is right, one yeah. is left. Yeah. Completely different personalities. Sure. 20 years ago, they had a show. Yeah. Was, you remember what that show was yeah, called, yeah. right? The Man Show. Man yeah. Show, yeah. You go back 20 years, 30 years, and you could, Jimmy Kimmel, you could say, what a fucking misogynistic hope. Like, like disgusting human being where he's drinking beer and having women jumping no, on trampolines. No, you're missing, you're trampolines. missing my point. But it, it, it goes back to, yeah, whatever no, no, happened no, no, in no, his... No, 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 you're missing my point. You're, you're, you're saying that's the way the guy was. Now he's with the way he is. And we go back to what you were saying earlier where they're finding old clips. But and we're going talking after about you. roles, aren't we? No, no, no. We're talking about... No, I'm talking about roles. I'm talking about... I'm talking about the reason these roles exist now is because we live now in a society, whether you like it or not, California is, I think a couple years ago, was like the uh, majority Latino birth rate, right? Mm -hmm. So whether you like it or not, this country is becoming more brown. Whether you like it or not, yeah, that's just what's course, happening. Yeah. Between the Armenians and the Indians and the Filipinos and the Mexicans and the Iranians and everyone. Is, so it's, so what, I'm, what I'm getting at is when you have diversity in the backgrounds, now suddenly, whereas... 30-something years ago, 40 years ago, that's how old I am, shit. 40 years ago when I was in, when I was in um, grammar school, the guys coming up with the history were like, okay, so teach them about 
teach them the uh, you know let's let's learn the Pledge of Allegiance and then let's learn George Washington and then let's Lincoln and then Kennedy and then this 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 we're done, right? Now you've got a diverse, more diverse voice of somebody who's there. Probably started. I'm guessing. And this is again, I have no idea if this is how it works, but I'm guessing given that California does have a lot of Latino minorities. <clears throat> I'm guessing somebody in one of those meetings was like, hey, uh, how about Cesar Chavez? Can we talk about that a little bit? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, we should. Okay, fine. Right. And then a little while later, somebody else shows up and goes, could we teach the kids about the uh, the fact that Iran, that, that America did a coup d'etat of Iran? Oh, oh, yeah, Mansoor, that's a good idea. And then there's a black guy. Can we teach the kids that there was... And that's where you start getting this diversity. So going, I'm, I'm laying the ground for my answer to your question. So going back to all that stuff, I honestly don't know what the exact curriculum is. I'll be honest with you. My kids go to private school and I asked them because I, I heard all this uproar about the LGBTQ and all this other stuff. A couple of things. First of all, um, I'm sure you guys know, like actual transgender in America population-wise is not that big. It's, it's less small, than 1%. Yeah, it's a small population. Um, so couple of things. I was talking to my son about this. One thing I realized is these are types of things that get people can get people riled up. It's an emotional thing. Trump said it himself in his speech this past weekend. Did you see that speech? He was giving a speech. I think it was in North Carolina again. Everything happens in North Carolina. It's funny. He never mentions Biden's speech. Oh, he doesn't give speeches. Sorry. Well, Biden, yeah. Biden, unfortunately, he just reads, you know, falls sticks sticks to the, he sticks to the, (laughs) did you see this? Did you see this with Donald Trump? Come on, man. They're both old. They're both old. There should be, if you asking my opinion, there should be an age limit for all these people. Trump is sharper than 99% of 35 year old men. Camera, television, man, woman, child. The guy's an idiot. Listen, here's the point. The guy is a dumb. But, but Biden's not an idiot, right? Biden's old. Biden's but very he's old. old. Yeah, he oh, should he's be. Just he's old. one listen, president who's fallen down more times than. <laughs> listen, listen. Regardless of what it is, he got to ask me. If you ask me, with what happened, like uh, currently, what's happened is like right off the bat, infrastructure bill. That's something that people tried to do. They couldn't do it. This and guy Biden got it did passed. It. Infrastructure bill. Yeah, you got it passed. Have you read it? Have you read the infrastructure yes, bill? Okay, so what are they doing with it? What nothing, are they doing? Absolutely, they're nothing. not doing nothing. So they're no. not going to fix any bridges. Nope. So why did Mitch McConnell show up at that bridge at, between Kentucky and Ohio <laughs> to break ground? They are doing <laughs> Bro, shit. Come on, man. They're doing shit. Okay, we'll talk. Listen, we'll talk in another the year. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm getting okay, to your. Okay. I'm getting to your. Yeah, I'm getting to your question. Okay, on okay. The, I'm getting to your question on the LGBTQ thing. So the LGBTQ thing. So what I'm getting at is. When I talk to my kids, first of all, I feel, I personally feel, even Trump said it himself in this speech this past weekend. He goes, he, he mentioned something about like, when I'm president, there's not going to be teaching anymore, no more critical race theory. I think he said critical race or, or the LGBTQ education. And they all got up and they started giving him a standing ovation. You guys see the clip. It's great. And then, he, and then they sit down. And he goes, hey, it's crazy. He goes, he goes, he goes, uh, I, I, I told you I'm going to give you. T- I sound now. I sound like Don- Rodney Dangerfield. I tell you. He goes. He goes. He goes. It's I told crazy. You. He goes. I'm, uh, I told you. He goes. I. He goes. I mentioned tax breaks. You guys are like this. But I say transgender. You guys are like this. He goes. You guys didn't even know what this was five years ago. He says this. So what I see, and if you ask me, what I see is there's an attack right now on the LGBTQ community. Now, I know you guys said you're open-minded and all that stuff, and I, and I believe you are with, with having gay friends and all that stuff. What I will tell you is when you are in a marginalized community, um, which I was as a kid, I was as an Iranian-American. In America, I was 
I was a minority. I still am in a minority, but I was even more of a minority then. What happens is when someone turns around and they demonize someone in that community. So, so when the hostage situation happened, those guys were considered terrorists. So now the, the issue at hand is leaders, the words of a leader matter. Okay. So if you're up there saying something, it matters. So when they would say terrorist, 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 well, of course, then I'm going to go to school and the kids are going to be like terrorists and they're going to beat me up. Right. Um, similarly, what I will say is the way we approach this issue with the LGBTQ community now, and I'll get to what you're talking about with the school. It's a situation where you go, all right, if I'm sitting there going like they're grooming our kids, gay people groom your kids, right? Now you might be smart enough to decipher the fact that Tom, who's got, who's the, the, the Tom and Frank, who are two husbands at your school, who have kids at your school and you guys go to barbecues you're like tom and frank aren't grooming my kids are good people i go to their house we have yeah. burgers it's fantastic but unfortunately there are those who don't decipher there are those who go to that extreme of saying well then hold on let me just yeah. tell you they go to that extreme of saying they're dirty they're groomers they are they're to not to be trusted. And there's right? the extreme to the other side as well. But hold on. But let me just finish this thought. Go and I'm just going to tell you one other thing. You see, the problem, guys, is our messaging means something, okay? And I, I'm going to give you an example again. When, the, when Trump was going, was when, he was, when he was in the, um, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, in the um, uh, election cycle in 2016, you know, he talked about, I'm going to do a Muslim ban, right? Remember that? He goes, as soon as I come in, I'm going to do a Muslim mm -hmm. ban. Remember that? Yeah. Um, shortly after that, there was a guy in, again, I think it was Kentucky or something. This dude goes, he's in Kentucky, and he sees two Indian guys at a bar. They're talking. These two Indian guys, I read the story about them. They were engineers who'd come from India and ended up getting jobs in Kentucky. And this dude... Uh, Gets into, and like, I think he starts yelling at them. He goes into his car. He comes back with a gun. He shoots them both. He kills one. The other one survives. This guy drives away and he goes to another bar and he tells the bartender, he goes, I just shot me some Iranians. I'm not making this up. So when I heard that, I go, and I talked about this in my immigrant comedy special, I go, words have meaning, they have power. So when you're on stage, I mean, even to credit George W. Bush junior he at least was like we're not at war with the muslim world we are at war with whoever blah 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 but when trump comes out and says muslim ban they're coming after you there's terrorists coming across the border that we they found a prayer rug at the border of course you're going to end up with dudes doing that of course you're going to end up with videos i saw on twitter there was a video again shortly after i'm seeing it with my own eyes some beach i think on the east coast some fucking poor family, Arab family sitting there at the beach and, you know, the girl, the women have hijab and the guys are sitting there, they're barbecuing and some fucking meathead comes over. He's like, get the fuck out of here. Get And the guys are like, what are you doing? And they start arguing. He goes, this is fucking Trump's country. Get the fuck. And I'm going, you don't think this guy saw the rhetoric? And this poor family was doing nothing. See? So all of that to say, let me just go and end this real quickly. 
All of that to say, I you're not going to let us talk. No, I'm going to let you talk. <laughs> I have, I have, I have a close relative of mine who, since this person was a child, we knew he was gay. He knew, he knew he was gay. He knew he was gay. And unfortunately, the signals he got from our community made him not want to say it. And so that has led to, uh, been one of the reasons of having a very tough life. But majority of kids, and I'll promise you this, that kid coming out to his parents or to his family members, I'll guarantee you this, 90% of parents know their kid is gay. And when they come out, you know what a majority of them say? We knew. Yeah. We just we were just waiting for you. That's see, that's the stigma that's been created and uh, this battle that we're in. Nobody's against anybody LGBTQ. We're not. If you want to be gay, you can be gay. You want to be trans, go be trans. You want to be lesbian, by all means. It's your it's whatever happens in your private life, by all means, go ahead and do it. But there's incidents that have taken place at school boards and at schools where there was one teacher who showed a very inappropriate video to third graders where the individual in the video mentions, I saw Jodie Foster in a movie where she was naked and I questioned my sexuality. Is that something you tell a third grader? Well, let me tell you this. Let me say this. It's incidents yeah, 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 like yeah, that yeah. that so, take place. Yeah. So let me and say again, this. I'm, we're not saying everybody's a groomer. No, no. So, oh, so, my God. So, but, but, but listen, I, and, and I agree this. this I, I, I appreciate this discussion. I think when we end up with like political groups that are attacking, I, I mean, I read the article. I don't know if there's truth or not. Because because once I saw some of the clips, I was like, oh, what's going on in Glendale? And I read some article about like some teachers are getting death threats and all this other stuff. And I'm like, that's too far. That's and, the teacher. That was a on. teacher that showed oh, yeah. that inappropriate video. Yeah, yeah. And I get it. So nobody should have been. But what, I, but what I would say to you is if you have kids in this school, you have absolute right to go talk to the school, talk to the teachers um, and say, hey, what's the thinking behind this? Like, who's who's making this decision? And if they say, oh, it's the state, then you have a right to go to the state and talk to them. And ultimately, if it gets to a point where you're like, I don't want any of this shit, then you have a right to pull your kid out of that school and, you know, go do something else, you know, put him in a private school or, or teach him at home or whatever. And one other thing I'll say, which, by the way, created, I thought was, I thought I created some comedy was, I said a lot of people are saying like, oh, I don't want my kids learning about LGBTQ. I don't want them to become gay. I said, I said, has if, nothing to do. With I don't know. That, yeah. I'm just saying when you hear some people, we not just you don't guys. want people taking that snippet yeah. and yeah. running with it. That's yeah. why. But, but, but what I was saying was, I said, if you don't want your kid to be gay, you should want them to try to teach them in school. Because if one thing we know about American students, they hate learning. So, you know, in math, we're like ranked 90th out of 80 schools. I go, if they start teaching them LGBTQ, your kid's going to come out and be like, I was going to be gay, but now I got to learn about it. <laughs> Shit, I'm not going to be gay. And then, and then I said, you know what? I, and the people go, aren't you afraid your kid's going to learn about uh, transgender? I go, I'm not afraid about that. Not, that makes my kid be more empathetic and learn about others. I go, I'm afraid of them teaching him advanced math because then he comes home and he expects me to know what the, I'm, I'm doing. I go, they're grooming him to be a mathematician. This is bullshit. But again, listen, if, like, you're, if you guys feel like, listen, if you, there's, there's a peaceful way to go about going to these boards and doing whatever you got to do, then you know, you got to do it. But I just, I I'll, wish, I wish you were there to witness it. Yeah. You had, obviously you had parents there. Yeah. You had people from the LGBTQ community there. Was, was this that, all because of that video? No. Oh no. Oh, okay. No, there's no. other there's, stuff. There's other saying. stuff that's okay. going on. They're and protesting again, the books that are available at the libraries and some of the books. I mean, taught. Again, like I'll tell you, I'll tell you. There was people, there was, look, there was people there that were parents there to protest yeah. to the board. Yeah. And then there was obviously the LGBTQ and mind you, very civil, very, 
kind of. I calm. love the civil. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you see these guys come out with headgear, mask, and you're like, "What the fuck are these guys?" Doing? Right. You know, it's antifa. It's, it's so obvious. And then but I heard, again, I heard then, there was also Proud Boys, and there's others, and look, all the, there look, was there was there was obviously people there that shouldn't have been there. Anybody, and listen, when you politicize it and you make it violent, it's wrong. But see, it's okay to have a discussion. That's the problem that when you see well, the, the rabble rousers, right? They want to cause problem. But let me ask you this: Let me ask you a question: Is the because uh, we is the, is the LGBTQ flag political? Is the LGBTQ flag? No, it's 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 uh it's it probably yes, it can be construed as political. And I will tell you one of the reasons that people because people go, What's up with the parade? Why can you why do you have to be proud? Why do you have to put I saw the things, why do you have to put the LGBTQ display at the front of Target? By the way, the guy breaking the thing, I don't know if this is true or not. Or at but the Capitol. Whatever. Well, it's all over the it's all over the world. People put it up. Of course, if it, if it's Pride Month, they're going to put it up, right? But but, but hold on, hold but, on, hold vet, on. but veterans get one well, day. I saw no, I saw that. So there was this guy. So let me just tell you, there was one guy. There was one guy who um, listen. Veterans would much rather get some health care passed by the Republicans when they weren't passed. That's that. That was John Stewart. John Stewart helped them get passed this health bill law when they were like a lot of Republicans weren't passing it. He shamed Ted Cruz. To vote for it. Yeah. So anyway, there was a guy at Target. He was breaking the displays. And I swear, I don't know. I didn't do the research. To, you know, I, I said earlier, you should do research. I should have done the research. <laughs> somebody said that a little bit after he was breaking the pride displays, that somebody pulled up a, a chat he was having online with a boy or something. So a lot of these guys are closeted. Let me just put that way real quick. You quickly. see. Yeah. So a lot of the guys that I'm saying that are anti LGBT, like to the point where they're punching shit. There's it's a bit much. There's so much but let me confusion tell you, I'm sorry. with this entire yeah. movement. But the thing with the pride, listen, the thing with the pride, I'll, I'll tell you why I think it's important. It goes back to the, what I told you about the relative that I had that was, that had to hold it in. I mean, even when I posted on my Instagram something about I supported gay marriage, somebody like underneath was like, I hope one day your son comes home and he's gay. What are you going to do? Like they were upset. And I go, you know what? If my son came home and he's gay, I said I would hug him. I'd tell him I love him and I would just keep living my life. I have zero problem with that. I have zero problem. And I and I think that's the problem. See, the problem is the word is closeted. We've made a certain portion of the population, and it's been around since the beginning of time, live in a closet. Yes. So when these people continue to have, we all know, I don't know if you guys have experienced this. I've experienced this now. At the high school level, there's people taking their lives because they still are afraid to come out, because they're afraid to, because it should which be is, accepted. Which, which exa- it is, it should be accepted, yeah. which is a conversation that should be taking place in the middle school and high school levels yeah. with these kids. There should be more counseling involved. There should be more, they should be at ease to come out. But you know what these school boards do instead? See, they talked about bullying at school, right? And I brought up a very good example. I said, I was like, look, bullying will never go away. Yeah. I don't care who you are, what you think, how you want to control. It'll never go away. And back to the future was proof that bullying will never go away Biff. because you have Biff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have Biff McFly. in the future, McFly, but yeah, then yeah. Biff, uh, you know, bullying the dad when they're I mean, older. That's what it is. And then you go back to Back to the Future Two, where it's Griff, his yeah, grandson. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's something that shows it's generational. It's in that person's DNA. By the way, I like, I'm sorry if you're paying attention right now. I just like the scientific proof that he just quoted was Back to the Future and Back to the Future Part Two. And the truth is, I agree with him. Back to the Future was right. Yeah, you know, it's, bullying it's, is always going to exist. Of course, it's, it's genetically made. And mind you, we've talked about bullying 
you know, on the show and yeah. we're totally against it. You know, thank God we weren't victims of bullying yeah. and we're fortunate enough to not be bullies because that's not the type of people that we are. Yeah. But it's something that happens obviously internally. Yeah. That person is maybe having problems at home, maybe having problems somewhere and they just, yeah, but they find the victim yeah. and they attack that victim. Yeah, yeah, now, of course. What's yeah, happening the is, yeah, 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 so the, yeah, so the, yeah, yeah. Now going back to what I was saying, the bullying situation will never go away. Now you have basically school boards targeting these poor kids who are LGBTQ, who have problems possibly at home. Wait, wait, what are they doing to them? They're targeting them how? They're, LGBTQ they're, they're, they're basically saying, oh, let's put stickers on you guys. Let's put bracelets put on you guys. On yeah, so let's say you're gay? Yeah, basically, as far as like having a pride day sort of I thing. I have heard of that. Where they're, that's what they were going to do. Oh, you're saying, so wait, you're saying, that the, you're saying that the board is saying who's gay and then putting stickers no, 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 on no, them? No, 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 no. Don't twist my words. What are you saying? They're saying that they're having like a pride day. Yeah, pride day is great. Yes. And they're basically (laughs) handing out stickers and wristbands and all that stuff. And it's like, listen, it's... but that's it, it, acceptance. It should, that's, I know it listen, should be acceptance. I, I wish they had an Iranian day and every kid look, uh, no, 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 no. put You're on not, a mustache. No, no, no. All jokes aside. All jokes aside. It's for me. It's kind of like I get it. You're trying to do good with the situation and trying to basically say, "Oh, it's Pride Day" and all this stuff. But there are piece of shit kids out there that are assholes who are basically looking for a victim but, but are you saying are you telling me that the teachers are saying only a handful of kids take the stickers and then you guys don't no everyone's no, 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 everyone's no, no. getting Every, yeah. It. yeah but you know what happens is like i said there are piece of shit kids who are right. bullies yeah. who take advantage of situations like that well, let me tell and you they look at those yeah. kids as targets yeah. and i feel bad for well, it because listen, they, so you're so you're actually so you're actually coming from the point of like let's protect the kids that of are LGBTQ. Course I am. but but let me just say this to you so i don't know what that school is like i know from our school, and you're right. Listen, black, white, gay, straight, Arab, non Armenian, all that. There's always going to be, you know, from the playground all the way to, you know, to, to San Quentin. You know, it's like they, they all get together. Um, but what I will say is, at least in our school, I think empathy was big. I think that they were taught from a young age. And I know, for example, for me, like one of the, one of the things that gives me hope is our children. And I'll tell you why. Like you guys will see as your kids grow up, like all, a lot of this stuff that's something to us is not to them. Yeah. And it started for me with color. Like I, not that I mean, I, I had I've had black friends. I've had you know friends from all backgrounds. But ever since our old house, no longer this house, but our previous house, our um, I'm Iranian. My wife's Indian. Our neighbor, the husband was black, and the wife was white. And our sons were a month apart. Um, and then my daughter was born, and then he had another brother color was never like it was never ever an issue it was never brought up it was and, and i'm just saying this i know that lgbtq is different but it just was never an issue of course not and because so, they don't know any better yeah, and so similarly now with my son who's in high school he's 14 he's got friends that are different pronouns that are different you know uh cisgender and transgender he's got friends and it's not an issue to him and whereas me as the old guy sometimes i'm sitting there going like wait a minute i'm confused what's what and he's like, oh, dad, it's I'm like, uh, that's going to be progress. This stuff isn't even going to be an issue. And I hope, I think we all agree, we want our that's kids. That's progress? That's progress for kids to not have to worry about that How stuff. many genders are there? I don't, I don't, what do I look like, a gender scientist? No, I, I mean, no just idea. curious. I mean, do you really think there's more than two genders? I don't, listen, I don't, I know the, 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 the pronoun that people use. Forget to the dis- pronoun. How many? I, do, I don't know. Again, you're, but that's why I was saying, you, you're asking me, I'm not going to sit here and give you an there's answer. He's not a scientist. I'm you, not Bobby. a scientist. I really don't know I that. You, he's Bobby. just, 
You just got the booster five times. He's not <laughs> a scientist. He's not a biologist. We can go on with this for hours. But yeah. let's, I'm happy let's, we touched on of that. Of course. And I, I enjoyed the conversation. Are you going to be back the conversation. with us? Of course. It's a little far. Next time I get my teeth done, I'll be back. Sorry, we don't live in Malibu. <laughs> we don't live in something Beverly with wood. Is, yeah. Woodland Hills. Next time you buy wood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Jimmy Westwood. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, thanks, good. guys. No, appreciate we, we appreciate you taking We finally did it. We appreciate you taking time for being with us. Persistent and making uh, it happen, guys. Guys, <laughs> guys follow Moz. If you aren't following Moz, he's on Instagram. He's on YouTube. Go watch his special on YouTube. What was the YouTube it's special? called the Birds and the Bees. It's on YouTube. Birds and Birds the Bees. And the it's bees. free. It's free. There you go. You don't even you should watch. You guys, we, my friend, we for you, you, it's free. Yeah, friend. we tell you guys on top. We know how you guys like like free shit. There it's you go. Free it's, shit. It's, there you go. Watch what is tonight. a woman first, and then Birds yeah. and the Bees. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I, I swear, man, like we said on, you know, before the podcast, you called me, we, we chit chatted, we talked yeah. about the whole politics crap and stuff. But the fact that the two of us could sit down with somebody who has obviously a different mind, uh, mindset, yeah, a different viewpoint, yeah. we could, we could sit at, Baba, he's a gangel. Yeah, we could sit and have conversation. And at the end of the day, you know what? Not bad. We're going to, we're going to break bread, right? Let's break bread. Abgust, right. Abgust, it is. There you go. Thanks, guys. Don't Appreciate forget you. Nordic. Uh, well. Oh yeah, guys. Again, uh, as I mentioned before in the beginning of the podcast, I'm going to mention it again. Uh, Nordic, let's see. Oh, sorry. Nordic Avakian will be fighting at the Commerce Casino July 1st. Hit us up. We'll get you guys details on how to sponsor him. Sponsorship starts at $500 on the banner, all the way up to. Uh, $2,000 on the shorts. He's going to be t-shirt. Yeah. T-shirt shorts and all that stuff. And you know what? Narek Jan, we're with you. We hope you go out there. And How do you say win Narek again in Armenian? Hachtir. Hachtir Narek. There you go. July 1st at Commerce Casino. We'll have the details on our, uh, on our pages. Well. Yeah. We'll have it on our Instagram. We'll have it on the Spotify, YouTube, all that stuff as well. If you guys are interested in sponsoring Narek, hit us up and we'll get you connected to them. Uh, other than that, Maz, we thank you again. Thank you, guys. We appreciate, appreciate it. You. Thank you. Uh, guys, today's episode will be on all major platforms. Manana, have a great week. Have a great weekend. And uh, we'll see you guys July 12th. Oh, yeah. We, we're summer break until July Summer. 12th. We're on summer break. Today is the last episode until July 12th. So if you guys don't see us for the next couple of weeks, we are on Instagram. We, you guys could hit us up. But we're going on vacation until July 12th. So We'll see you guys then. We'll miss you all. We'll miss these mics. We'll miss you, everybody in the community chit-chatting with us. So uh, have a great summer break until July 12th. Bye, guys. Thank you.